0: Hey there, and welcome to Shadow Facts. That's facts as in horse treat sized pieces of information, a podcast about Lord of the Rings. But only the horse parts. I'm Joey.
1: And I'm Caitlin. And
0: And this this is is our oath. oath. We vow to discuss every horse mentioned or visible in both the Lord of the Rings books and film adaptations, and we do mean every. We vow to rank every horse seen above. We vow to rewrite one of Tolkien's songs per episode to be about horses, live on the pod. And we vow to answer the call of Gondor
1: when the beacon is lit, by which we of course mean answer your questions about Lord of the Rings horses to the best of our ability.
0: episode eight eight episodes in eight times the horses we're on um chapter eight of oh, book that's, three that's nice yeah um chapters eight through 11 yeah so we're just finishing off the entirety of book three and movie wise we watched from um it would have been nice if i had written that down Uh, like, what, 3.15.20? Is that right? Yes. I mean... Yes. Or... Chapter-wise, I believe... 3.10.14. It's just that the first horses are at, like, 3.15.20. I have one twenty
1: three forty three for the discs.
0: Okay. So, yeah. And
1: chapter-wise, it's the Nazgul attack to the end.
0: Right? Oh, yeah. Because we finished... Yes, we finished the movie. No, no.
1: I mean, we did finish the movie. That's that's not true. I think, actually, we stopped at Mist- at Master Peregrine's plan, which is the Ents marching toward Isengard. And then we started this time in Osgiliath, maybe? No, we... S- mm. Or did we start in the Nazgul attack?
0: I don't know. I don't know what the chapters are.
1: We started I in know- Osgiliath because the first thing that we saw when we started up again was Smeagol... Being led on the road Oh, right,
0: yes. And we had just stopped seeing the Ents, like, come to the edge of the forest and look out toward Eisenberg. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, the Nazgul attack.
1: I love to, I love to, like, warm up for the podcast with a little, like, debate about where the fuck we are and what's happening. (laughs) Because that's, that's our meat and potatoes, baby.
0: Absolutely. We are more and more, like, weirdly out of sync between the movie and book. But there's great stuff in both today and i'm such honestly a good really section excited of the book yeah
1: and there's also like horses or whatever in the movie
0: we are i just want to like give people a heads up we are going to talk about some of the sam frodo stuff in the movie but like i know we skipped some of the sam frodo stuff last time our next episode is going to be like a bunch of the sam frodo chapters and then we will go back and talk about some of those movie scenes a little bit. The Sam
1: Frodo omnibus. More.
0: Yes. God, they're so in love. They're so in love. Yeah. So do you want to start book or movie today? I want to start. Hmm. I want to start movie because the sort of the main thing, the main horse thing is the charge at the end of the Battle of Helm's Deep, which we have yeah. already covered in the book. So I want to just like finish up for it. But before we get there, we have to talk about this Frodo and Sam scene. Yes. Which, I mean, the best parts of it for me are come in a little bit later. We just get a little bit of it right now. But, like, Frodo and Sam are there, and Faramir is there, and Gollum is there, and then Enazgill starts attacking, and Faramir is, like, I don't know. I don't, I've already forgotten. <laughs> I know the later parts.
1: Okay, so, so <laughs> they're, like, I've just already the- forgotten the first part of it. <laughs> Um, so Faramir is taking the hobbits through as Osgiliath. Or, so, okay, at the end of the last thing, they had been like in their secret waterfall fort mm-hmm. and Faramir gets word that Osgiliath is under attack and needs immediate backup. So he takes the hobbits there along with his men intending to fight that fight and then take the hobbits back to Minas Tirith and to his father. But right. as they're passing through, you know, there's a battle going on, things are a little wild, and Frodo kind of walks up onto, like, a little piece of exposed walkway, and yeah. gets attacked by a Nazgul.
0: Yeah, because Faramir is like, hey, you two, like, hide here, you know, stay out of the way, but Frodo, right. like, I mean, the Nazgul is there, which means there's a ring ringwraith there, and Frodo, like, you know, feels the sort of, the ring compulsion... Yeah, and
1: we talked about, I I actually li- really like the way they do the audio editing here, because we go from yes. this such a noisy, chaotic scene, like, there's the middle of battle, and so there's lots of people, like, screaming and clanking, and also, like, Osgiliath is being destroyed. Like, you hear, yeah. it's so loud and so busy, and then when Frodo kind of finds himself face-to-face with the Nazgul everything goes quiet which is they've done that with a lot of scenes and so I think first we see before actually before Frodo finds himself face to face with the Nazgul he's talking like he and Sam are trying to hide and Sam is trying to talk to him
0: yes yes trying to say like like stay strong like stay with me and the sound where Frodo is at sort of like fading away from the i don't know the like the realm at at hand like being present and you know himself and how this
1: thing fundamentally like isolates him from the people even right in front of him
0: right but it also like i found it just like really poignant in terms of like sam like even though sam can hear himself it's like he can tell that frodo can't hear him anymore and there is this like desperation that is happening where like sam is trying to get through to him and it is not working and it is just like heart-wrenching
1: yeah so that's frodo kind of like entering this like ring trance and then he he winds up on top of a walkway and like we said face to face with a nazgul and it's got this really wonderful like all of the sound is is really muted. It's not like mm-hmm. all the sound is gone. It is no, it's it is, like muffled. It's muted, yeah. And there's the kind of slowed down like beat of the the wraith's wings, which also feels kind of. It's got like the lub dub like heartbeat rhythm. It's mm-hmm. just, it's it's a great little moment of sound. And then Sam <laughs> flings himself at Frodo and tackles them both
0: out of the path of the Nazgul. Yes. You know. I know we're supposed to be talking about horses, but, like, we've got to talk. I mean, they're so in love. Yeah. And, oh, God. I just, I'm just really emotional about Frodo and Sam today. I know. We're, we're like, starting out with
1: the, like, emotional heavy hitters. So there's this great moment where, you know, they get, like, knocked down, and then they kind of start having a conversation, and Frodo, by the jolt of being, like, bowled over and this like narrow escape is kind of back and sam is able well, to talk to him
0: he's no he's not yet is he no frodo like flips sam over and has a sword at his neck
1: oh fuck yeah you're totally right what am i doing yeah yeah he's yeah, like he, he draws sting on sam yeah and there's he's got the blade like right up under sam's chin and sam has one tear streak through the like grime on his face and he says in the smallest most broken voice don't you know you're sam oh Oh, fuck i'm not okay
0: but it's also i don't know it's it's interesting to me like sam i mean maybe sam just doesn't think it is possible to fight back in that moment without getting killed but it feels like he is at this place where he's like either frodo is gonna recognize me and I'm going to, you know, get through to him with the power of love or I'm going to die right now. And he's just like that. That's where he's at. There's no like, oh, I'm going to try to overpower Frodo.
1: Yeah, he, he won't or something. fight Even even under the extremities of the circumstance.
0: Yeah. And uh, it's just a lot. And then I don't remember exactly where that scene cuts off, but somewhere in there we go to Helmsteep.
1: The second half of this Frodo and Sam scene with Sam's like monologue that kind of like ends the ends the movie, do you want to cut away as it does in the movie, or do you want to finish talking about it now and then do Helm's Deep stuff?
0: No, I think we should cut away and Okay. Come back to it when The time is right because we have to we we have to get to our first oath.
1: Yeah, we've dredged up all these emotions and now we should marinate in them for a little bit while we count fucking horses. Well,
0: look, what better way to process emotions than talking about horses?
1: I can think of none. Exactly. Okay, so back back in Helm's Deep,
0: things are looking bleak. It's interesting because in the book, Theoden is the one who's like, "Let's ride in the morning, ride with me, everyone." And in the movie, Aragorn is like. Theoden, ride with me tomorrow. Like, we may die, but we're gonna die like horsemen. <laughs> die like filthy horse yeah. boys.
1: <laughs> like filthy horse boys. Yeah, yeah. Aragorn says something along the lines of, Your men still fight for you. Come on, let's do this.
0: And they do. And we have these shots of the Rohirrim sort of galloping through the halls of Helm's Deep and then like out onto the causeway. And. Yeah. There's some interesting yeah, it's... horse stuff happening here.
1: Yeah, it's it, like, the setup of the scene is really great because we see there's so many less men here fighting than we've seen in all the previous scenes. And they're holding this door, like in the final keep, against an orc battering ram. Mm-hmm. Everyone is getting like geared up for the shot. And so it transitions from like these people trying to hold this door, which looks so... There's no way they're going to be able to do that. And the orcs finally burst through, and that's when the charge comes riding through.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about these horses. Most of them we have seen already. We see Theoden on the chestnut that he arrived in Helm's Deep on, which is interesting because his horse previously was Snowmane, and... Um, which was a white horse and we had theorized that like he was just riding an alternate horse for a while because Snowmane was tired Um, because in the book he explicitly like rides Snowmane for this charge but in the movie Snowmane has just disappeared. I don't know if that's because they just didn't have access to that horse actor anymore or if they if they sort of implied that like snowmane was killed in that battle with the wargs or what
1: i don't think so i mean i th- am interpreting it more as like you know at first i was thinking before we saw that that horse which is a, we had previously named prince mm-hmm. like you said it's just uh, you know, a fresh mount after a battle because the horse is lathered and, and tired. And then he rides Prince into battle again here. So I, I canonically, I don't think there's a lot to read into that there other than like, he's the king and he has multiple nice
0: horses. Yeah.
1: But it is kind of weird just because Snowmane is like one of the few named horses and is so important to like, what eventually happens to in to like switch it out without... Yeah. Um. Any discussion as to why? But regardless, Theoden is here again on Prince the Chestnut, um, and he has yes. a lovely like green velvet saddlecloth.
0: cloth. Otterborn is there riding Brago. Legolas is on Arod.
1: Mm-hmm Without Gimli, because at this point Gimli is blowing the the horn of Helm Hammerhand, the the giant horns yes. built into the side of the. Yes. Also, hold on. While we're talking about Brago really fast, Brago has an outfit change that we should talk about.
0: Oh yeah, because before Brago was just wearing a halter and a lead rope, which as we discussed is a bad way to release a horse into the wild. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, now he has a fancy little bridle with like a cool medallion thing on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's like on the browband there's a little medallion that has kind of How would you describe this? It's not a trefoil. It's like a little repeated pattern and that has three three parts, and it's green,
0: yeah, I we will post the picture with this episode. I
1: can draw it, uh, but don't know how to describe it. It's like
0: yeah, 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 it's
1: yeah, let's not fall too far down the rabbit hole there, but he's got fancy new tack, which i what I like about that is there's the scene of everyone like armoring up before the battle, you know, like Aragorn. Is you know buckling on all of his stuff, and Gimli is trying on chainmail, and I just like the thought of like Brago being a part of that montage of the like clothes change montage, you know? Oh yeah,
0: yeah, that's cute. Good, good, good. And then there's a fourth horse, um, off to the right in the sort of initial shot of these horses at three fifteen twenty one, who is guess what? A chestnut.
1: Rohan loves their chestnuts so much. We should yes. also we should describe the scene a little bit. So it's kind of like it's like a V of riders with Theoden at the front, and then these horses kind of spilling out behind him. And we'll post we'll post a diagram. Yep. Uh, just a chestnut. We can't see its. I don't think we can really see its feet here. No. It doesn't appear to have any markings. We we just there's not a lot to say about it. It's just a chestnut. Yeah. Next, we have what we originally thought was a chestnut, but when we see it again in just a a moment, we think it's now actually a bay. It's a bay carrying um, the, the standard of Rohan. Yes. Which is horse number five in this scene, for those of you counting at home. And then behind him, we have two little chestnuts riding side by side with a lovely collection of socks between them. Yeah. The one on the left has front... Socks, uh, or has one one sock on the on the right, on the right yes. in front, and the one on the right has matching socks in front and a at sock least
0: one sock on the, the back left on the we, left. We couldn't see yeah. the back right well enough to tell, so it's a question mark in my notes. But yeah, and then yes in in that specific formation, you can still see Brago and Erad like, um to the right and forward a little bit and then much in front of that is is prince again because mm-hmm. we have this whole kind of um you know following them like galloping through the halls um and then out
1: this is all in like the second or two like the the line that's closest to it to like pair it to is say it in shouts like fourth airling and then that's the charge yes do we want to name the new ones here or do we kind of want to wait and explain the next shot where we see some of these horses again and then name them all in a group?
0: Uh, Sorry, I was trying to find my screen caps of like them running through because this there's these issues with that white horse. And I yeah. cannot easily do that right now. Um, Let's... Mm,
1: Let's actually, let's go ahead and name them now because it yes. will make it easier yes. to explain okay. the order I think that's a good idea. next time. Okay, so we have um, four new horses in this scene. The chestnut the with nothing to say. We have the bay carrying the standard and the two with chestnuts in the socks. back with yes. socks.
0: Yes. I have a question. Have we named a chestnut chestnut yet?
1: I am actually not sure. I know we've named one Crestnut. We've named one baron. Oh, this is bad. I tried to do a search in this for chestnut. in the horse document for chestnut, which returns This is why we need
0: a list of just the horse names that's separate, so we can search. Yeah. Chestnut.
1: I don't think that we've named one just chestnut. Hold on, I'm scrolling. Germanian. <laughs> There's so many names. I don't think we've named a horse just chestnut. If you want to name. The, the the completely nondescript yeah. chestnut horse. Yeah. Chestnut. Let's do it. Chestnut. Okay. How about the bay carrying the standard? Mmm.
0: Let's Oh, I had an idea for a horse name yesterday. Oh, what was it?
1: We could call it something I mean, we could, you know, something bearer since it is Bearing the standard we have named a horse standard,
0: wait, what if we just what if we name it bear, bear, you know, no, just bear, like the animal, you know, like oh like yeah. when when I don't I've seen this joke you know multiple times in various media where someone is like the yeah, like the ring bear,
1: yeah, and into it, bear, yeah, great, the back chestnut with a single sock, um.
0: Uh, okay, what if we call this horse Charming because cause we had our Cinderella horse Yes, and, and what this if this is, is like Charming light. who has like, who has the one the one shoe
1: Oh my gosh, what if they were on opposite sides, like uh, one only has a sock on the left and one only has yeah. a sock on the right so it would be like two halves of them <laughs> What if we were horses and our and our socks complemented each other ha 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 <laughs>
0: Yes, charming. And great. then the one next to it with the- With many Probably three socks. Three socks, the horse. Maple. Maple? I have no justification for that name.
1: Okay, Maple.
0: I just think it's cute. It's a cute name for a brown horse.
1: It's a cute name for a brown horse, which is great because we have so many fucking brown horses today. Yeah. That's, that's everyone for the scene. We have chestnut- so now, like, in order, we have Prince, Brago, Arid, Chestnut, Bear, Charming, and Maple. So they ride kind of out of the keep all the way through the rest of Helm's Deep, and then eventually, like, down the causeway. So we see some shots of of them fighting their way from out of the keep to the causeway, and this is where... Things get a little funky.
0: Yeah, so Arad is wearing like this sort of overlapping leather armor on his face.
1: Little leather scale mail on his face and has for as long as we've known him. Yes. It's striking. It's like one of the things we talked about when we first met Arad.
0: Yeah, and we see shots of a white horse in some of these kind of in-between scene between the, the beginning of the charge and them making it onto the causeway. And the horse in those scenes does not have scale mail on its face.
1: The charge kind of keeps its order because they're fighting, they're like fighting and running through a narrow space. And so Arod had previously been right behind Prince in... Through these shots, you know, we're following Prince, and so we can see Prince, but instead of it being Erod right behind him, it's a, this different white horse.
0: Yes. And then, when they make it onto the causeway, then we kind of see these horses strung out, and we have Prince, and then Brago, and then a white horse, (laughs) and then... Who we who we initially assumed was Erod, but right, and then a bay with a standard who is I think bare now, and then another white horse, and we initially thought that the first one was Legolas on Erod, but then the second one, like from the back, I was like, wait, but that looks like Legolas, long blonde hair yeah. and like a quiver of arrows and a cloak. It's very confusing. And then the first one, when you look back at some of those in-between shots where the horse is not wearing the scale mail on its face, it does not look like leg loss and is in fact like holding a sword in the air. The issue here is that now, first we thought the first one was Arad and then we thought the second white horse was Arad, but neither of them in that Causeway scene have the scale mail on. So we have like two faux Arads and I don't know if real leg loss is on either of them.
1: Yeah. In the cuts between the keep and the causeway, there are shots of Legolas interspersed. Yes. But then yeah, we have this fake Erod who we think might actually be the horse who played Stunt Erod, Thick Erod. Yeah, because
0: there were two there were two different Stunt Erods. Right. There
1: was there was Thick Arod and there was Striped Erad. Right. Striped Erod had a very
0: pale blaze. Down its nose. Just, just like at the, just on its nose, not up its face or anything. Just Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: A strip of lighter skin from its nose, like down to its lip. And Thick Arod is, as the name would suggest, it just has like an incredibly thick
0: neck. Beefy neck. Beefy neck. Yeah. So we think maybe that the first white horse on the causeway is thick Arad and the second one is striped Arad, although we can't see his face well enough to determine that. And, you know, we don't have actual Arad anymore because of stunt work. And also like the, there's obviously some CGI going on. These horses were not actually on that causeway. They were elsewhere. And then, you know, put on the causeway. (laughs)
1: Right, right, which we can tell because there's, like, halos of light around the horses from where they were, like, cut out and and photoshopped in. Yeah, so it's just kind of a weird little continuity thing that creates a weird wrinkle for us, the obsessive horse counters.
0: I don't know if... They intend us to think of one of those people as Legolas, and one of them as someone else who's just, like, appeared on a white horse, or if they made a mistake, or what. But I think
1: one of them is supposed to be Legolas, and it could be because, like you said, long blonde hair, cloak, and quiver, but both of them have a sword and are like laying it's, about them with the sword. And Legolas does have the little knives that he fights with, but like it is a knife and not sword length. And both of these writers have like full length swords. Yeah. So honestly don't really know what's going on there. I think yeah. for the purposes of counting, we should, we should, it's just striped and thick era.
0: Yeah. So like we have this, you know, this procession charging down the causeway and like orcs, you know, falling off on either side and the first four, you know, are Prince Brago, or sorry, five, Prince Brago, Thick Erod, Bear, and Striped Erod, baby. And then mm-hmm. we have like two more pairs of chestnuts here. Yes. And Yes,
1: and we this is like an overhead shot, so we we cannot see their legs at all to determine like what markings they have.
0: No, I think what we theorized is that numbers six and seven, the first pair there, are uh charming and maple, right just because, because of, of like the order, order yes, right,
1: because the the charge has stayed in the same kind of shape from when it left the keep, and there was another pair behind them that we couldn't see initially,
0: yeah, which means I'm calling number six charming and number seven maple.
1: Yes, and so these are all, from what we can see in the thing, they're just chestnut horses with riders wearing crests.
0: There's one more pair of chestnuts. Also, all, all of these chestnuts, to varying degrees, their tails get sort of darker, um, but they're not fully black the way a bay horse would be. They start out chestnut, they just get dark toward the end, which mm-hmm. is a thing that happens for chestnuts. But what do you want to call these, this, these last two chestnuts? Hmm...
1: They're a nice little match set, kind of bringing up the rear of the charge. Do we want to give them, um, like a set name?
0: Uh, y- yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joe, do you want to give them a set name? Uh. I mean, we don't, we, we don't have to.
0: Rose can and be... Thorn.
1: <laughs> I love it. Wow, you fucking pulled it out. Rose. Thorn. Thrawn. thorn there we go rose and thorn great so then the causeway in order is prince brago thick arid bear striped arid charming maple rose and thorn yes they fight their way down the causeway and they're wrecking shop around them and then oh what's that what what's that, Joey? Joey, Joey if you look upon the hill, if you look to the east at the dawn of on the dawn of the fifth day, what what is
0: it? It's our boy. It's King of the Horses, Shadow Facts.
1: It's such a beautiful shot too, because he's at like it's very dramatic. He's at like the top of the hill, and he's super backlit, such that the edges of him almost like blur into the light behind him. Mm-hmm. That's very striking, and you can see how gray his cute little nose is. Yeah.
0: And then it turns out I guess
1: Gandalf is there too.
0: It's not just Shadow facts, It's a whole host of horses and also people on them. Cause Gandalf has found Aomer and also a bunch of other guys.
1: Yeah, like so many so many guys. Gandalf so got some guys. Many.
0: The filthy horse boys are here. The filthy horse boys are in fact here. And they're here to fight. Hold on. And win.
1: I just wanted to check really fast the colors of the horses in that first row against the filthy horse boys.
0: Oh. To see
1: if that was like an obvious overlay, but it's. No, it's not. Not because the filthy horse boys are chestnuts, bay, a black horse, a dark bay, and several gray dapples. So it's super
0: not. Like there's some overlap, but. The filthy horse. Yeah. So this. This is complicated because we have already counted Eomer and his, you know, what we decided were like 75 horses, right? Right, right. Um, Yeah, that we've
1: we've counted and named the Ea Red from significantly earlier in Two Towers.
0: Yes, but this is more than 75 horses.
1: Yeah, so Uh, hold on. Let's set up the scene just a little bit. Like you said, Eomer appears. So the kind of order that you see people is you see Gandalf, And then Eomer rides out from behind Gandalf. And it's a beautiful
0: shot of Firefoot.
1: Firefoot is such... Firefoot is, like, honestly one of my ongoing favorites. Just that dappling is so striking. Yeah. Eomer rides out from behind Gandalf, and then kind of the first line rides up behind and next to Eomer.
0: Yes. And it's, like, ten horses total, like, including Firefoot and Shadowfax in that first... Right that first line
1: over the course of the next couple of seconds a few more straggle in and so while we can really clearly see these individual horses we are going to go through and assign them names from the generated lot of the aored because what we did not do was in in the big group shots of the red was say like oh this horse is so and so and this right, horse because we couldn't see them all well enough so, yes. But we are going to do that now before the host spills over the hill and all hope is lost. And yeah. it becomes a, a mind breaking number of horses.
0: Yeah. What gives the fighters of Helm's Deep hope um, takes away our hope because. <laughs> right. Ex- <laughs> it exactly. is a truly overwhelming number of horses. Um, but yes, from left to right, we have a white dapple. We have a chestnut with half white nose. We have Firefoot. We have another chestnut. We have Shadowfax. We have three more chestnuts in a row that are like progressively beefier going from left to right.
1: It really is. It's a perfect, it's a perfect spectrum and like gradient of beefiness. Yeah,
0: it's good. And then two more chestnuts. And then in kind of the second row that we just see a few horses of as they come up, we have another like whiter gray dapple. Uh, We have a chestnut or bay, hard to tell. And we have uh, another light apple and another chestnut.
1: Wow, I'm noticing a theme, which is lots of chestnuts. Yeah,
0: it's 14 horses in all, but 12 of them do not have names assigned to them yet.
1: Yeah, so we will be revisiting the, like, generated names from the Aired and assigning them here.
0: Yeah, time to pick our favorite generated Rohirrim names.
1: Let's just work our way down the down the line, starting with the farthest left, that white horse, who's, I think, just because it's it's facing the camera head on, and it has its nose thrown up in the air a little bit, and so it looks kind of llama-ish, because yep. we're really, like, staring down its nose, and it's got its ears lolled out to the side a little bit. It's not the most flattering angle for this
0: horse. What if we name this horse Widfa?
1: I want... A goofier name for this horse because of how goofy it looks.
0: Okay, that's fair. I mean, arguably the goofiest name Grim on Grim. here is Balgul. Oh, also Grimgrim. Grim. Balgal. I love Balgal, but I kind of want. Mm, who do I want to be, Balgal? I think I want one of the chest, one of the beefy trio to be Balgal. Yeah. Do you want this one to be Grimgrim? Grim?
1: I kind of want this one to be Grimgrim. Grim.
0: Yeah. Okay, I'm into it. Let's okay. do it.
1: So, number one is, Grim. hold on, sorry, one second, the document is frozen, because there's too many dang horses that broke Google Docs. Okay, Grum mm-hmm. Grum. Number two, uh, we have the chestnut with a little uneven splash on its nose, which is very cute.
0: It's very cute. Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I, it's very funny to me that in this list, not to be mixed up with Urken Brand, our fearless Rohirrim General, we have Urken Bald. <laughs>
0: Yeah. What if we name this one, widnild? Widnild.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like that. I'm into that. Um, where is that on the list so I can copy it with its, it's appropriate accent? Oh, I found uh, it. Widnild. Widnild.
0: I I like it because it feels like, like you could take the words white nose and get to widnild.
1: <gasps> oh, totally. Yeah.
0: Through. 'Cause you know, later in, in when we'll get here in the books later, but um there's a line about how like the people of Rohan know the hobbits as like Holbitlan or something. Yeah. And then they're like, Oh, that's and then they're like, We're hobbits and they're like, Oh, that's a weird way to say that word, but sure. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. And Wiedmild feels, you know, like, like that to me linguistically.
1: Yeah, well I also I also like Onomatopoeia is not correct, but, like, the horse's natural symmetry is, like, interrupted in, like, a cute and playful way by yeah. this uneven stripe. And the, the symmetry of the word widnild is also mildly thrown off, so I, I like yeah. it on that level.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. Okay, Um, and then skipping over Firefoot, we have another chestnut.
1: Yeah, this chestnut who is sandwiched between
0: Firefoot
1: and Shadowfax...
0: How about Frumlith?
1: I like Frumlith because Froomlith feels, I think that's like one of the auto-generated names of my stardew chickens, you know? Uh, yeah. Okay. Frumlith. Uh, next we have the, the three musketeers, the like beefy, what did I, what did I say when we were?
0: Beefy, beefier, and beefiest?
1: Beefy, beefy,
0: beefier to beefiest. It really is. Oh, you also called them the three cavaliers. And then Ah, I was like, you mean the three musketeers? (laughs) yes
1: i i think part of it is just like where we're catching these horses like in their stride in the thing but it really is like a perfect like the the last one it's like chest is just rippling it's it looks mm-hmm. like it's posing mm-hmm. what names here convey beefy beefier and beefiest
0: okay one of them is balgal
1: oh i was gonna say maybe we should find because a lot of them have Similar, like, suffixes. Like, we can pick names like Pokemon evolutions.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Durn Dis, Durn Nolth, also.
0: Yeah, sorry, I'm just, you know, looking at a lot of...
1: Herolith, Hera Hay, Her... Oh, that's not quite...
0: I like where you're going, but listen to the sound of this. Brita, Belfa, and Balgol.
1: Oh, that's great. That's got, um, the, that's got Extreme, the dwarves from The Hobbit energy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, give it to me one more time. Britta, which is B-R-Y-T-T-A. Okay. Belfa, B-A-L-F-A.
1: B-A-L-F-A?
0: Yes, and Balgal, B-A-L-G-E-L.
1: Brita, Belfa, Belgol. Yeah. That feels yeah. great. I'm very happy with that. Great. Okay, and then we have two little chestnuts on the end. Not much to say about them, because we, we we can't, and we should also say, we can't see anyone's, like, feet or legs in this to distinguish markings.
0: Yeah. What if we call these two Durnulf and Durnwin?
1: Yeah, okay, I'm into it. Dernulf and Durnwin. So we have Grimgrim, Widnald, Frimlith, Brita, Balfel, Balgal, Durnulf, Durnwin. So that's that first row of... Of ten, with yes. Shadow facts and Firefoot,
0: and then we have four more that kind of fill in the gaps from left to right. We have uh, another like white or gray dapple. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's let's do let's do them in sets of two because that's kind of when they come in, right? Like eleven and twelve come in, and then a few seconds later, thirteen and fourteen come in.
0: Um, I don't remember, but sure.
1: Okay, so we have yeah the white horse who, like you said, comes in at the beginning of the line to the left of Grim Grim and then a chestnut who comes in between Firefoot and Widnild.
0: I want one of these horses to be Tidild. Tidhild.
1: Oh that's perfect. Um and I want Golddrift. Goldrith, I think, for the white horse. Okay. Gold Goldrith and Tidhild? Yes. Goldrith Tidhild Okay, and next we have a white horse who comes in between Balfa and Balgal and a chestnut who comes in between Balgol and Dernulf.
0: What if that light one is, ooh, uh, there's so many good names. There's so many good names. I like Whitkinston. I like Folkwine. Whitkinston is really good.
1: Yeah. There's also Theowena, which is. Theowena? Theowena. Which is pretty good. Gamwara's mm-hmm. not bad. Mm hmm. Leobeam. Leo beam is good. I like Leobeam like... and Widkinston.
0: Yeah, I think Leobeam for the light one because it feels like, like a beam of light.
1: Oh, totally. You know. And then Widkin... Are you okay with Widkinston for that yes. last one? Wow, great. So, say goodbye to Order and Reason.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: because we're about to see so many horses
0: so many horses more horses than I thought were going to be in the entire trilogy
1: yeah I will say this number blows our our running total out of the water by a significant margin yeah so so far before the section of the movie our running total was at 240 horses yes before we reveal the number let's let's Talk about what it yeah. looks like and how we yeah, got yeah, to the yeah. number we got to. So
0: it's really difficult because they're like galloping down this hill and they are often like really seriously backlit and it is, you know, a pretty distant shot and it's just this mass of horses. It's very difficult to count. You never see truly all of them at once. You come pretty close a couple times. So the closest we got um, was kind of looking at them straight on, like galloping down the hill. Uh, right before yeah we see
1: them there's like a shot through the spears of the Yes, Uruk-hai. and
0: like there's some backlighting but it hasn't totally like blown everything out yet and we paused it and counted the first couple rows to see how many horses were in each of them and then tried to count how many rows there were and we are estimating that it is 24 horses per row on average and that there are 18 rows
1: what's the math that on that That was our
0: primary, I don't remember.
1: It's 432 horses.
0: And because we already have 75 of those as the Ared, from the Ared. we are left right. with which is the group that we just pulled 357? names 357? from. 357, is that right?
1: Yeah, that's that's what I have. 357 New horses.
0: horses. It's so many.
1: We did as Joey described, we also tried looking at other shots and pausing them and trying to count and like my I need to explain how diff like my mind could not encompass the task. I ended up printing out screenshots and taking an orange pin to them and trying to like circle individual horses and cross them off as I went. And th- after like several attempts, was like this is not a feasible task. My my brain rejects yeah, this. it's it's so what. This is the most I think imprecise. That our horse math horse horse math <laughs> horse. horse 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 math <laughs> wow. Our horse math has been uh, so far, but we've done what we can to bring you an accurate count. Yes, we we you you cannot distinguish individual horses there. No. So we will be naming the host as a group. Yes,
0: what do you?
1: Want to yeah. call it? I think this is the Lingas. Oh, which is what Theoden shouts.
0: Right, like fourth Lingas?
1: Yeah, which is the word for like the fighting, the fighting men of Rohan.
0: How is that different from Roharin? Um,
1: that's a great question. Let's do a little research. Great. Oh, interesting. The name Rohirrim was mostly used by outsiders. The name they had for themselves was Aerolingus. It's an autonym versus oh. accident situation, which
0: you know we love. Fascinating.
1: So like when we talk about the men of Rohan, obviously we refer to them as Rohirrim because we are not from Rohan, but they refer to themselves right. as the Erilingus. Right. We could also do like the writers of Rohan or the writers of the Mark or the king's writers. You know something, yeah. Like that.
0: I wanted to be like more creative, I guess. Oh, and totally. Name them. I don't know. Like, I'm thinking about words like
1: oh, Rohirrim um, is Rohirrim is elvish.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, myriad and like plethora and mm. you know, legion, yeah. And I don't know, but I was, I have not given this enough thought yet. And I'm like, oh, is there a pun there somewhere? Is there the herd theodins plethorohan.
1: <laughs> plethorohan
0: plethorohan plethorohan no. um i don't know maybe i just don't have anything
1: let's well let's you know we can do some podcast magic and, and talk about it and think about it for a second let me look at a in a minute.
0: I should just do this on my phone, it'll be faster than asking my computer to do anything right now.
1: What even one more thing.
0: Yeah. Do 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 do
1: do do oh, I kind of like it.
0: Deluge is a good word also. Yeah. Just cause they do a sort of it's like a deluge. Roll down the hill. Coming yeah. down the hill. It's an avalanche. Yeah,
1: the Maris smile. <laughs> the, the Mar the Maris myriad, the myriad. Oh, the Maris, um, Mar-riad. suffix. Marriad.
0: Yeah. The okay.
1: i uh, we could also do Mar- mare m a
0: r e. Yeah, but I like m m e a r i a d.
1: The myriad. Yeah. 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 I'm into it. Good. Yeah, that's
0: good. Okay. Good. Good. Good.
1: So let's yes. do the horse math and put it all horses. together.
0: All the new horses and all the new men. Oh no. Oh again? no. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: um so we have Chestnut Bear, Charming and Maple, and Rose and Thorn all from the initial charge for the Deep. So that's 6. And then mm-hmm. the Mariad, which is 357.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I have a quick question. I don't think we had counted thick or striped Arad Oh, do you think we need to count them just now? just different horse actors for one character. I don't think we need to count both of them because we only ever see two erods, but we need to count one.
1: Well, and one is canonically supposed to be Legolas, right. I think. Right.
0: Yes, it's just that we have two of them in one scene, which means that one of them, I mean, you know, according to that scene, is, is there, an, yeah. another horse, Physically. so we have to add right. that to our number.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so we'll say three there, so that's seven yes. from the charge, yes. and then the 357 of the Marriott, which I don't even need a calculator for this one, 364. Wow is the section plus total.
0: Yeah, that's 240. Does that bring us to 604?
1: Uh okay, so 360 I love to do horse math. Um 364 plus 200 is 564. Mm-hmm. Plus 40 604. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right six oh four oh my god we just blew that's right that's very past interesting because i did horses. that math i
0: was like 200 plus 300 is 500 600 plus or 60 plus 40 is another 100 so we're at 600 and then four is what's left over oh it's the twitter yeah, memes exactly. about how
1: do, how do you do yep. mental math <laughs> the qu i mean the truest answer Badly. is i hear a bunch of static get a slight <laughs> nosebleed and then i come to and the math has been done yeah.
0: I used to really struggle with mental math, and I still cannot do it quickly, but I can, like, if I approach it a certain way, I can do it, and it makes me feel good. Yeah, so 604 horses, that's so many horses. The
1: scale of our horses just got, like, blown, blown out of the water. Like, I remember the first Two Towers section, we had... 79 horses, and we were freaking out about how many horses that was.
0: Yeah,
1: And I even mean the monster episode had 80 horses. I mean, granted, yeah. we didn't name the right. area. 80
0: horses was a lot because we named every single one of them, and that's a lot yes. of horse names to come up with in, you know, four hours.
1: <laughs> we can, um, if people are angry, we can re-upload the episode, and in the middle we'll just be four hours of, like, it'll be, like, a number station of us yeah. just just randomly reciting words
0: mm-hmm. i'm just going to start like i'll pick up a book and then it's just like every third word is a horse name
1: yeah <laughs> oh god um, <laughs> and these aren't these aren't new horses but we should talk about actually we we did skip over a horse scene at the end of the movie
0: with gandalf well we haven't skipped over it we just haven't gotten there yet
1: yeah, I guess we just we just did the horse counting prematurely oh, right. then because yes. usually we do it like when we're done right. talking about horses. There aren't new horses in the scene, but we do see after the fighting we get kind of like the hero shot of like everyone we know like arrayed in front of the camera and they are watching Mordor on the horizon. This is you know Gandalf is monologuing. Yeah. And it's kind of a nice little rogues gallery of our faves. Like we have Gandalf on Shadowfax, but there's a few, there's a few like off brands in this. Yeah,
0: we're actually, I, I have not done a lot of comparing of different pictures of Shadowfax himself. We do know that there are multiple horses that play Shadowfax and it, this horse's nose seems like extra gray so it is possible that it is one of the yeah, horses. Yeah, well, and great, we great,
1: higher, higher less, up at, space. Less face, often, you know?
0: but I'm not prepared to like say that solidly because I did not, in fact, do enough research.
1: Que- so question yeah. mark there, but maybe. And then off to his right, we have Gimli and Legolas reunited on regular. Era. Yes,
0: but that is definitely uh, with face scale um, mail at all. Stunt Gimli. or I mean not stunt Gimli, but like small, small Gimli. Size double yes. Gimli. Um. Do we do we see his face at all in that scene?
1: No, we just see the back of his head and his little red braid. Right.
0: Okay. He's just his face is just buried in Legolas's like back. He's you know oh, so yeah, because they got yeah, separated during he's the just fight. Like, oh, this is where I belong. My arms around my boyfriend's waist. Oh my god. My oh head my god. against his back.
1: <laughs> buried into his beautiful long yeah. locks. And next to him is Aragorn on Brago. Yep. And then going up the other side of the V from Gandalf, we have Théoden uh, once again on Mm -hmm. Prince. And we have Eomer and Firefoot, but with off-brand Eomer. Yeah, I
0: do not (laughs) think that is Eomer.
1: I don't know what's going on there. Actually, it did, it did, I kind of wonder... Um, we'd have to do some research and to, like, see if there are interviews with Carl Urban about whether or not he did his stunt writing. Yeah. But the person writing, it is Firefoot, but it doesn't look like Carl no, Urban.
0: it's interesting because as we get closer to his face it looks more and more like him but still not completely so it's like maybe they did some scenes. yeah almost like
1: they're trying to do right, a digital to try overlay. to make
0: it look more like him as we got closer up but it's his face is never quite wide enough proportions are a little bit off
1: but it does interestingly like the first time we see eromir writing way early in two towers when he and his his filthy horse boys are at the Fords of Aisne and they find Theodred, yes. and Eomer and Theodred ride double back, and there's a riding double for Carl Urban in that scene. And I remember saying when we were watching that I thought the riding double actually kind of looked
0: like Theodred. Mm-hmm. And you said that again about this and riding here, double.
1: Yeah, this, this writing double looks like Theodrin. And so at the time we were like, oh, that's weird, but that that is a consistency mm-hmm. there that makes me think it is the same yeah. writing double. Although I don't know why unless Carl Urban like genuinely like can't sit a horse to save his dang life, they would need a writing were double they're just for the stand there. Which is there? like the horses they literally, they do, they do, I will say, they do walk into the scene and then stop
0: on a queue. Yeah, maybe that I was, suspect it's more just You know, horses like aren't for everyone, but... They realized they had to film this scene and Carl Urban was not available, and so they...
1: Maybe neither was Reese Davies, and that's right. why they,
0: yeah. I mean, with Reese Davies, it, like, it would have been nice to see his face, but it makes... Like, unless you're going to have a close-up of his face, they have to use the size double because he's on a horse with Legolas, so he has to be small. But, yeah, with Heimer, there's no reason to, I don't think.
1: Yeah, production-wise, it does make sense that that would be a scene that they shot later. Oh, interestingly, so I just looked at, I have, I brought the little chapter list from my DVDs to see if that was an extended shot, because some of those Mm. they, like, did, like... ADR and pickup stuff, or not ADRs, but they did like pickups and stuff later. But that, no, that's from the original theatrical cut, but they still might have filmed it yeah. later. And Gambling and Irk and Brand are also in the background of that shot. Mm-hmm. And that is the last shot with horses in this movie.
0: Wow. I want to circle back and talk about some other stuff, and then I want to hear your favorite horses from today.
1: Okay, so we'll do. We've we've completed Val one, but
0: we have we're going to take a serious
1: book tangent. Yeah,
0: and a couple other movie things because talking about horses, as I have said before, is like horses are about feelings, and we have some other feelings to talk Mm -hmm. about. We have so many other feelings to talk about. So let's see the scenes in the movie that did not have horses include the Ents at Isengard and like releasing the Isen the river, the um, dam, which is great. It was interesting to me, like, reading how that goes down. Um, I think in a lot of ways, I like how the movie handled it. It's much more streamlined than what happens in the books. But there is this incredible... <laughs> <laughs> streamlined? Um, but there's... Hold on, let me find out what page it was. I don't know, somewhere in chapter 9. There's this incredible description of the ants just going wild... Like, they had already done a lot. Like, an angry ant is terrifying. Their fingers and their toes just freeze onto rock, and they tear it up like bread crust. It was like watching the work of great tree roots in a hundred years, all packed into a few moments. But then, like, one of one of the ant's speech bone was, like, burned. Oh, Which yeah. is really tragic. And it says, that sent them mad. This is, I think, Pippin talking about what had happened. I thought that they had been really roused before, but I was wrong. I saw what it was like at last. It was staggering. They roared and boomed and trumpeted until stones began to crack and fall at the mere noise of them. Mary and I lay on the ground and stuffed our cloaks into our ears. Round and round the Rock of Orthanc, the Ents went, striding and storming like a howling gale, breaking pillars hurling avalanches of boulders down the shafts, tossing up huge slabs of stone into the air like leaves. The tower was in the middle of a spinning whirlwind. I saw iron posts and blocks of masonry go rocketing up hundreds of feet and smash against the windows of Orthanc. Don't fuck with Ints. We saw, like, I think the, the Isengard scenes are pretty, like, visually compelling, but I feel like they had an incredible opportunity for this, like, whirlwind around the tower that we just don't get well, in the movie.
1: Yeah, the Ents, the Ents, even when they're winning the battle, are much more played for laughs in the movie. Like there is, there is the Ent who is caught fire, like Beachbone here, but it's like a visual gag. Where like, then when they when they flood Isengard, he has to like dunk his head underwater to set out the flames. Mm-hmm. Or like, there's, I'm thinking of a shot where an Ent has an orc in each hand and bashes them together, like a kid playing with action figures. There is destruction happening but it doesn't have that that weight of being like an overwhelming force. Yeah. It's more like ha ha like tree like trees big.
0: I think I saw less of the humor and but it's still like you see that the the ants are making progress but they're also vulnerable in various ways. You know, you see like the one sort of being mm-hmm. tripped with ropes and and, yeah, and the one catching fire and things. And it's really, like, them releasing the water that, like, does the thing. We don't see them as, like, an incredible display of power in the way that the book portrays it. Yeah. yeah.
1: The way that the book portrays the, um, how, how in your head are you pronouncing the the trees who have turned? Horns. Horns?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, there's sort of a wh- horn, horned
1: Hwar, 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 yeah. like,
0: like dwarves, except that half the time I say dwarves, and then my mom is like, It's you, you dwarves. Do say dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think about it.
1: That's fine. <laughs> A policy of this podcast is Middle Earth isn't real, and I'll never be mad at how you pronounce something from Middle Earth.
0: I mean, they pronounce things differently from each other all the time. There are multiple languages yeah. at play. Go ahead about the horns.
1: How much? How much the the horns are frightening and feel not of this world, even though this world contains incredibly powerful beings. The literal darkness that they bring with them, such that you don't, you can't see the trees move. Like that's a very scary mm-hmm. kind of premise for them. Oh, hold on. Instead of like cherry picking from the movie, do you want to actually just like work our way through the book and then we'll talk about the movie where it overlaps or becomes relevant?
0: Yes. The rest of the Sam Frodo scene is not in the book yet, but we will talk about it toward the end, I think, because I want to.
1: We okay. definitely need to circle yes. back around to that. Yes. But this is um, already going to be a little scattered, so I think we should yeah. stick to... No, I
0: think that's a great idea we and we'll try to to move through it. Starting in chapter eight... Which is the
1: road to Isengard.
0: Yes. We have a Shadowfax reference. The first page for me, I have but given good counsel in peril and made use of the speed of Shadowfax. That's Gandalf responding to people saying he's mighty in wizardry for bringing the trees, um, which he didn't actually bring. They brought themselves. Slash the ants brought them. Mm -hmm. And then on page 140, the following page, or shortly after that, there's a short song. There were several, a very short There were song. a few songs in this chapter, but all of them were very short. They were just like. Snippets, I have three,
1: and and of each of songs. them is exactly four lines.
0: Yeah. Also on that page, we have various like you know, I've ridden far and slept little. My men have ridden with me. Let's ride with me now. Yes. You know,
1: lots of lots of riding references because this entire chapter is them deciding how to and then subsequently taking themselves from helm's deep ties and
0: guard yeah and they're just on horses the whole time there is an actual horse reference where it says the king then chose men that were unhurt and had swift horses and he sent them forth with tidings of the victory into every vale of the mark and they bore his summons also bidding all men young and old to come in haste to edoras
1: i love a swift
0: horse you know yeah Oh, there's also this moment with Gimli and Legolas here, which happens a, a little differently in the movie. So let's talk about that. In the movie, that's where Legolas is like 42, and then Gimli is like 43, and then Legolas shoots the orc that Gimli is sitting on, right? That's how it goes.
1: Yeah, I I don't actually like this moment in the movie very much.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's you know it's fine. It's not my favorite. Um, I like the the book moment because Gimli says forty two, Master Legolas. Alas, my axe is notched. The forty second had an iron collar on his neck. How is it with you? And then Legolas says, "You have passed my score by one, but I do not grudge you the the game. So glad am I to see you on your legs."
1: Yeah, and they're just which is very good happy to see each other.
0: Alive. Yeah because
1: there's yeah there's the whole thing about like during the battle Aemear and Gimli
0: yeah they had gotten, separated. had gotten separated and no one knew if they were alive and they've just like shown up but Gimli has a bandage on his head mm-hmm. also the next thing i wrote down on page 150 um is also Gimli um it says in spite of his hurt the, dwar- the dwarf <laughs> would not stay behind It was only a feeble blow and the cap turned it. He said, it would take more than such an orc scratch to keep me back. And then Ottergorn says, I will tend it while you rest. While
1: you rest.
0: And I just... Yeah,
1: I also had that marked.
0: I knew this before, like the the hands of the king or the hands of a healer, right? But I had not actually like fully put that together. That we have these like several moments of Ottergorn like tending to people, both when Frodo is initially injured, but then when they come out of Moria, and there's that and moment... And Frodo and Sam are beat up. Yes, yeah. where Aragorn suddenly realizes that they're, like, hurt and exhausted. And he's, like, there's this very tender scene of him, like, caring for them. And then again here. And it's just really, like, sweet and lovely. Yeah. I want Aragorn to care for me when I'm sick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And then uh, everyone... Rests, which is good because it's been a rough, you know, honestly, couple of months for everyone, but yeah, battles specifically.
0: Did you notice this bit about the hillmen that surrendered?
1: Y- yeah, which actually, okay, is an interesting theme throughout this chapter of the book. The hillmen, which are Saruman's human allies, this is like how the Rohirrim deal with them. Um, "'A great many of the hillmen had given themselves up, "'and they were afraid and cried for mercy. "'The men of the Mark took their weapons from them "'and set them to work. "'Help now to repair the evil in which you have joined,' "'said Ergen brands, "'And afterwards you shall take an oath "'never again to pass the Fords of Isen in arms, "'nor to march with the enemies of men. "'And then you shall go free back to your land, "'for you have been deluded by Saruman. "'Many of you have got death as the reward "'of your trust in him.' But had you conquered, little better would your wages have been. And both here and, and Gandalf's whole approach to, like, Saruman's captivity and Orthanc, is this yeah. really, like, interesting and, I think, incredible threat of, like, a- abolition. I think in many, yeah. like, fantasy stories, and, and including this one, like, sometimes it, it doesn't delve too deeply into what you do with people after conflict and i Mm -hmm. think it's really interesting that it is explicitly about like we we can't lock you away somewhere and like remove you from the world nor are we going to like punish or kill you like you are a part of this world we are going to remove your power to do harm now and like we expect Mm -hmm. you to like help in as he says repair the evil in which you have joined
0: which is really interesting
1: Mm -hmm. It is. And we'll talk about that more when we come to
0: Saruman. Yeah. The next thing I wrote is riding on one horse. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Yes. Likely, Gimli, I like them both. But yeah, it says, Legolas and Gimli were now riding together upon one horse, and they kept close beside Gandalf, for Gimli was afraid of the wood. But I like... Yeah, There was only and one horse.
1: <laughs> there was...
0: <laughs> oh
1: my god! There was only... There was only one, ho- Joey, there was only one horse. Yeah. That's the episode yeah. title. Oh, great. <laughs> There's also right before that um, a description of the, the wandering trees, the horn, that I think is interesting. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The trees were gray and menacing, and a shadow or a mist was about them. The ends of their long, sweeping boughs hung down like searching fingers. The roots stood up from the ground like the limbs of strange monsters, and dark caverns opened beneath them. Legolas even is like, There's something up with these trees. It's hot in here, said Legolas to Gandalf. I feel a great wrath about me. Do you not feel the air throb in your ears?
0: Yeah, but he also, right after that, he's like, I wish that there were leisure now to walk among them. They have voices, and in time I might come to understand their thought. He even says, No, right, no, let us leave them. I guess their thought already. Hatred of all that go on two legs, and their speech is of crushing and strangling. And Legolas responds, not of all that go on two legs. There, I think you are wrong. It is orcs that they hate, for they do not belong here and know little of elves and men. I feel like this is like a little commentary on like eco-fascism, basically. Gimli is like, these trees hate people, right? Right. Like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. and Legolas is like, no, like people who exist in harmony with them are okay. It's orcs who have been destroying them that they hate. Um, Like, I don't, you know, know a ton about these schools of thought and things, but it is, you know, we pretty commonly see in conversations about climate change and stuff like, oh, like humans have ruined the earth. But like, there are various, you know, indigenous communities and peoples who have, you know, lived in in balance with the Earth in really good ways and have, like, been good stewards, and it erases that when we, like, talk about, like-
1: Saying humans really, like, flattens the responsibility of-
0: Yeah, like, Western colonizers have ruined the Earth in a lot of ways, right. but that's that's specifically the way certain humans have interacted, not all humans- entirely and I thought this was like this reminded me of that
1: yeah yeah and I think the as this continues it feeds that it feeds into that even more so like Legolas and Gimli are kind of having their little like oh like you love the forest but I love the caves and Gimli specifically is talking about so during the battle when where he and Eomer went is he they went to the caves under Helm's Deep which are apparently incredible yes and it, both tying like i think this is really interesting because it does tie into that like kind of ecofascism and ideas of like stewardship and and cohabitation but also like I think in an interesting way it kind of pushes back against Tolkien's simplifications of his own cultures. Like, oh, the dwarves, the the dwarves, the dwarves are greedy for the minerals and gold. And the way that Gimli talks about the the natural caves of Helm's Deep and like how he would love for his people to like be involved with them so that they can like curate them is really interesting.
0: Yeah, I actually, I wanted to read some of this because like... It's so pretty. Gimli gets, like, so lyrical here. Yeah. He he is just, like, overcome with awe by these caves and is just, like, spouting poetry about them. And he says, And, Legolas, when the torches are kindled and men walk on the sandy floors under the echoing domes, ah, then, Legolas, gems and crystals and veins of precious ore glint in the polished walls, and the light glows through folded marbles, shell-like, translucent as the living hands of queen galadriel there are columns of white and saffron and dawn rose legolas fluted and twisted into dreamlike forms they spring up from many colored floors to meet the glistening pendants of the roof wings ropes curtains fine as frozen clouds spears banners pinnacles of suspended palaces still lakes mirror them a glimmering world looks up from dark pools covered with clear glass cities such as the mind of durin could scarce have imagined in his sleep stretch on through avenues and pillared courts on into the dark recesses where no light can come and plink a silver drop falls and the round wrinkles in the glass make all the towers bend and waver like weeds and corals in a grotto of the sea then evening comes they fade and twinkle out the torches pass on into another chamber and another dream. Wow. Yeah. And also I love how often he says Legolas's name in this. I know. like Like I he know. is excited about the caves, but he's they're also getting like more and more sort of like affectionate with each other. And it's really lovely. Part of why he's excited about them
1: is, is he wants, it, it, you know, it's the thing where you love the things that you love and you also want to experience them through the prism of your loved ones. Yes. And then I also love Gimli's, like, retort. Like, Legolas says something about, like, oh, well, like, I hope none of the other dwarfs find out about this place because they'll, they'll strip mine it. And Gimli is like, no, you do not understand. No dwarf could be unmoved by such loveliness. None of Durin's race would mine those caves for stones or ore. None of diamonds and gold could be got there. Do you cut down groves of blossoming trees in the springtime for firewood? We would tend these glades of flowering stone, not quarry them. With cautious skill, tap by tap, a small chip of rock, and no more perhaps in a whole anxious day, so we could work, and as the years went by, we should open up new ways and display far chambers that are still dark, glimpsed only as a void beyond fissures in the rock yeah and then and then they promise and then they make a very gay promise
0: you move me gimli i have never heard you speak like this before more ways
1: than one you know
0: almost you make me regret that i have not seen these caves come let us make this bargain if we both return safe out of the perils that await us we will journey for a while together you shall visit fangorn with me and then i will come with you to see helms deep and Gimli says, "Like I will endure Fangorn if I have your promise to come back to the caves and share their wonder with me,
1: <sighs> fellas." This is it gay to share to share wonder with your bro? I love them. It's 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 a really good, yeah. It it it, it is the most lyrical that we see Gimli. It's beautiful descriptions. I love their their interplay. Mm. And so, right after this, they're kind of riding out from under the trees. And Legolas looks back one last time and sees eyes looking out from under the shadows of the boughs, and he says, I have never seen such eyes before. And everyone turns to go back, and Legolas starts to ride back, and Gimli, will you please read this in your Gimli voice?
0: Yeah. No, no. Do as you please in your madness, but let me first get down from this horse. I wish to see no eyes.
1: (laughs) It's very good. (laughs) And the eyes, of course, belong to the L. The, nope, ant. the eyes, of course, belong to the ants.
0: <laughs> yes, a few come out and then a few more come up and then they go back into the wood together. Well, the the few come out and they sort of give these, like, weird ant calls and then more ants come striding up from the north and then they go back into the trees together. And then Gandalf is like, yo, they're shepherds of the trees And like, you should know this. Don't you have tales of them? And Theoden is like, oh yeah, I had forgotten.
1: (laughs) I really like Gandalf's reaction to this. You should be glad, Theoden King, said Gandalf. For not only the little life of men is now endangered, but the life also of those things which you have deemed the matter of legend. You are not without allies, even if you know them not. Which... I love because it's a thing that we talk about in these books a lot, which is like, no one, no one is unaffected. Like no one can opt out. Like Mm -hmm. every, everyone is affected on some
0: level or another. Yeah. Yeah. These last couple lines in that paragraph are interesting to me too, because Théoden says, yet also I should be sad for however the fortune of war shall go. May it not so end that much that was fair and wonderful shall pass forever out of Middle-earth, It may, said Gandalf, the evil of Sauron cannot be wholly cured, nor made as if it had not been, but to such days we are doomed. Let us now go on with the journey we have begun. I don't know, I just appreciate that, like, I mean, they're not washing away, like, the harm that has already been done, even if there is success but that that's not, like, the end of the world either.
1: There is no return to the way things used to be. All you can do is try and forge the best new path. You know, as good a path forward as you can.
0: Yeah. I I love talking about the book, but I don't want us to get too hung up, even though I'm doing that.
1: That's, I mean, that's the podcast. (sighs) They... Uh, explicit horse reference. They're riding, they cross the river and there's a ford for horses.
0: Yes. Um, and the, the river the, is like gone,
1: which is unnecessary. Cause the, yeah, the river is dried yes. up.
0: There's a line w- with Shadowfax in it. They rode down to the river and as they came, the wolves ceased their howling and slunk away. Fear fell on them, seeing Gandalf in the moon and Shadowfax, his horse shining like silver.
1: The The line after that is me sharing anything my friends make on Twitter.com. <laughs> Look, said Gandalf, friends have labored here. <laughs> That's good. And then there's a little more about Shadowfax. Everything that they- every preparation- that they ride across, people are like, oh, Gandalf did this. And he's pretty much like, no, Shadowfax is just really fast. And I ran around, I ran around and delegated Yeah, a and bunch of yes, because
0: as they travel, he's sort of filling them in on like, I went here and I talked to these people. And then I went there and talked to these people. And then I went there and talked to these people.
1: <laughs> well, they're in an interesting way, like, retracing their steps from like, when they were kind of on that like, desperate Um, retreat to Helm's Deep and, like, passing Mm -hmm. all these groups of people, and now they're doing it in reverse and seeing uh, the aftermath, you know, of of those fights.
0: Um, And then the next, like, interesting thing I noted down was the stuff about the name Orthanc.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Which
0: has, according to Tolkien, a twofold meaning, whether by design or chance, for the Elvish speech Orthanc signifies Mount Fang, which is kind of funny to me. <laughs> um Mount But in Fang. the language of the mark, um or the archaic language of the mark, uh the cunning mind. So yeah. that's the two meanings of Orthanc. And we get a little bit about like I mean, lots of stuff about Saruman, and it's fascinating. We cannot get into all of it. We could talk about this chapter for hours, I think. But stuff yeah. about like Saruman's own sort of gradual corruption which we get partly in this chapter and partly in in the palantir palantir um and kind of the his power over other people's minds which i see like reading this i understand where peter jackson got the sort of Theoden possessed by saruman thing i still think it's stronger in the book yeah but it does say like saruman and i mean this felt like very evocative of like very like charismatic manipulative abusers to me actually when Saruman is actually talking which I know is skipping ahead so maybe we can I can press pause on that and we can get there in a little bit yeah yeah so I just
1: you know there's descriptions of of Isengard and Orthanc itself which is really incredible and then as they're writing up they espy two small figures Um, and of course it's Mary and Pippin set to welcome them. And this whole interaction is so great because it's the first that the three hunters have been reunited with Mary and Pippin since their abduction. And also Mary and Pippin are just like at their, their highest, you know, bantering.
0: Yes. Um, It's
1: very good. So, you know, they, they welcome them and, um, it's all very like flowery. It's very funny.
0: Yeah, I love this Gimli. Gimli's response here, because like so Gandalf good. is talking to the hobbits, and then, and what about your companions? What about Legolas and me? Cried Gimli, unable to contain himself longer. You rascals, you woolly-footed and wool-pated truants! A fine hunt you have led us—two hundred leagues through fen and forest, battle and death—to rescue you, and here we find you feasting and idling and smoking, smoking. Where did you come by the weed, you villains? Hammer and tongs, I am so torn between rage and joy that if I do not burst, it will be a marvel.
1: (laughs) It's really good.
0: And then Legolas is like, yeah, same, but I want wine and not weed. It is funny because it's like thinking of them as a couple, like Gimli is the like weed and beer, like one of them, and Legolas is like the wine ant of the two, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. And then there is that, the brief moment of Theoden has not actually met any of the hobbits yet. Right. And that's the thing that like, that gets kind of dropped for the movies, which is people not, people outside of the Shire, like not knowing what hobbits are, which is fine because I, you know, whatever. But there is that kind of like interesting linguistic quirk, Theoden says, and not, are not these the halflings that some among us called the hobbit, the Holbit the Pippin corrects him and says, hobbits, please. And Theoden says, hobbits, your tongue is strangely changed, but the sound, the name sounds not unfitting so. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, interesting. Merry and Pippin essentially tell Gandalf and Theoden that Treebeard is waiting to to talk to them. And the party decides to split Gandalf and Theoden and the rest of the Rohirrim, go talk to Treebeard to, you know, see what that is about. And the remains of the fellowship are reunited and decide to go eat a little picnic and catch up on what's been going on. Yes, I do
0: love, so like Theoden is like, yeah, I'll go with Gandalf. He says farewell, my hobbits. May we meet again in my house. There you shall sit beside me and tell me all that your hearts desire the deeds of your grandsires as far as you can reckon them. And we will speak also of Tobold the Old and his herb lore, which is, we'll come back to that in a second. Farewell. And then the hobbits bow, he rides off, and Pippin <laughs> says, so that is the king of Rohan, a fine old fellow, very polite. <laughs> Which is very funny to me.
1: It's really good. And that's a callback too. as the, the gang is talking, Thaden is asking them about, like, what they're smoking. And Mary like, starts on you know, on a story, and Gandalf is like, you do not know your danger, Theoden. Yeah. These hobbits will sit on the edge of ruin and discuss the pleasures of the table or the small doings of their fathers, grandfathers, and great-grandfathers and remoter cousins to the ninth degree if you encourage them with undue patience. Some yeah. other time would be more fitting for the history of smoking.
0: Yep. I, You know, people joke about, like, Pipe Leaf being weed but Mm -hmm. it seems like most people think like yeah it's really just tobacco Tobacco. it's just funny to think of it as weed but i feel like it's like halfway in between
1: i mean it's tobacco but it's also like not tobacco in the way that we think about it i think it's like old school like uncut like serious nicotine high tobacco. yeah right
0: yes i do because there's a line much earlier in the book someone says something about their thoughts being muddled from all this smoking or something.
1: Saruman says it of Gandalf.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. He's like, yo, like you've become a stoner, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which again is like the anger there is like it's the seed of like a fight they had as a couple and also the anger of like you're not the person who you were when we were together. Like you've changed.
0: Yes. But anyways, it does seem like it has, you know, an effect that is not just like it has a mental effect a little bit. Yeah. Which I mean, cigarettes do too. It's just that when you smoke them regularly, you stop feeling that very much. But I mean, in the next chapter, when they like have eaten and then they're gonna smoke, it's very cute because Gimli is like, oh, I don't have a pipe. And oh,
1: hold on, let's not oh, let's not get too far. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll okay. Come, no, we'll come I'm sorry. It chronologically, okay. No, you're good. Okay, so now we're into chapter nine, Flotsam and Jetsam, which starts off with a great horse reference because it's specifically like everyone else is going to have a picnic, and so uh, the horses get to it as well. It says Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas remained behind, leaving Erod and Hastafel to stray in search of grass. They came and sat beside the hobbits. Yes. This is good. Everyone deserves a damn break. Horses included. Yeah.
0: Um, and then they're like, is there food that's not, you know, orc food? And there is. And the hobbits take them to the storeroom and they're like, do you want salted pork? Do you want us to broil you some bacon? Sorry, there's no green stuff, but I can like make you toast and give you butter and honey. It's very cute. They're like so domestic here.
1: I know. It's, I mean, it's their first apartment together, you know?
0: Yeah. And and it's like, they have, like, guests coming over. I mean, you know, they're suddenly, like, playing host in this fun way.
1: Yeah, made more so because this is the first time, like, this is the first time that they, Mary and Pippin, really, like, have physical comfort and, like, get to indulge in the things that they enjoy in, like how long have they been on the journey? Like six months? They have been jumping from like trial to trial to trial. And so it is both like the pleasure of a reunion and like being able to, like you said, play host. And also like, yo, we get to like eat good food for the first time in a minute.
0: Yeah, it's also, this is the first time that they have like, they know something that the others don't. You know, until this point, like until sort of this, the major splitting of the party, Mary and Pippin Mm -hmm. are are essentially just like tagging along and it's scary and dangerous and they don't really know what's going on or what they're doing fully. You know, like they know the basics, but they are not the people making decisions or like explaining things to other people. And now they are in this position where like they have witnessed the sort of the breaking of Isengard and get to like fill in the others and be the people in the know in in an interesting way. There's
1: also there's this cute moment, so, you know, they're like kind of bustling around making food for everyone, and it says the three were soon busy with their meal, and the two hobbits, unabashed, set to a second time. We must keep our guests company, they said. You are Mm -hmm. full of courtesy, laughed Legolas, but maybe if we had not arrived, you would already have been keeping one another company again. (laughs) Which is both like cute about the food, but also like maybe I'm reading too much into this. But felt I it struck me as a moment of recognition between like Legolas and Gimli, who are you know together mm-hmm. about like maybe a Merry and Pippin like companionship. You know,
0: yeah, yeah. There's also it's just a nice. A little moment yeah there's also this is interesting to me because Pippin is like maybe and why not we had foul fare with the orcs and little enough for days before that it seems a long while since we could eat to heart's content um and Ottergorn is like well it doesn't seem to have done you any harm like you look in the bloom of health and Gimli says yeah like your hair is longer you seem taller because of the end drafts that they drank right right and they're like no, like, we went through trauma, actually. We just, you know, the ant water helps and things. I don't know. I appreciated it. Like, they give a little pushback on this, like, well, you look fine. And they're like, uh. Yeah. We've actually been through a we've... lot. Thank you very much. Right.
1: <laughs> right. Like,
0: appearances are not, you know, can be deceiving. Which, as a person with an right. invisible illness, I appreciate.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. And now we're to, now, now we're, we're to the, uh, um, the pipe stuff that you wanted to talk about.
0: Yes. So they had found, you know, this like good, like long bottom leaf shire pipeweed, right? Barrels of it.
1: Yeah. And Mary, and Mary, and Mary says, interestingly, and in, like a little interesting moment of foreshadowing, uh, for Saruman's private use, I fancy, I never knew it went so far abroad.
0: Yeah. Um, and Gimli says, it would if I had a pipe to go with it. Alas, I lost mine in Moria or before. And Mary doesn't, um, but says like, we shall have to share pipes as good friends must at a pinch, which is cute, you know, but then Pippin pulls out, um, a little soft wallet on a string from inside the breast of his jacket and says, I keep a treasure or two near my skin as precious as rings to me. Here's one, my old wooden pipe, and here's another, an unused one. I have carried it a long way, though I don't know why. I never really expected to find any pipeweed on the journey when my own ran out, but now it comes in useful after all. Um, And then he hands a uh, pipe to Gimli, and Gimli's like, very, extremely grateful. And it's just really cute, and I love that Pippin is like, Ah, oh, yeah, got my old pipe and an extra pipe just in case keep them close to my chest all the time
1: <laughs> I know it's uh, but like also that is the dream for clothing is that like you know you have all these little like secret inner pockets so you can keep all of these mm-hmm. things with you like I found something about that element of it really viscerally
0: appealing yeah, yeah it's nice um...
1: and oh there's a great Gandalf moment here or, er, sorry, not Gandalf. Um, Aragorn? Um, yes, there's a great, yes. like, there's a great moment here. So uh-huh. they all sit down to start smoking, and Aragorn says, Now let us take our ease here for a little while. We will sit on the edge of ruin and talk, as Gandalf says, while he is busy elsewhere. He talks about how tired he is. Uh-huh. And um, he and then it says, He wrapped his gray cloak about him, hiding his mail shirt, and stretched out his long legs. Then he lay back and sent from his lips a thin stream of smoke. Look," said Pippin. "Strider, the ranger, has come back. He has never been away," said Aragorn. "I am Strider and Dunedain too, and I belong both to Gondor and the North."
0: Yeah, I love that because we've talked about like his it's such a good moment sort of these two you know roles and yeah. identities he has, and it's nice to kind of hear him express you know the the unity of himself. He can be and is both. But yeah, yeah stretched out good. his long shanks.
1: Listen, they, they don't call them long shanks for nothing, you know? I know. And then they, they smoke for a little bit. And this is another very cute detail. It's like they're they're all, they're just vibing. You know, they're like sitting out under the sun and relaxing and enjoying each other's company and smoking. And Legolas lay still, looking up at the sun and sky with steady eyes and singing softly to himself. <laughs> yeah. At last he set up. Come now," he said. "Time wears on, and the mists are blowing away—or would, if you strange folk did not wreath yourselves in smoke. What of the tale?" Yeah, Yeah. it's good.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and then Merry and Pippin like fill them in on stuff. Um, And it's only been nine days since they were captured by the orcs.
1: Oh my gosh! So that is nine days for the three hunters' entire like foot chase and pursuit of them, and then. Everything that happens in Rohan and the Battle of Helm's Deep and getting back yeah. here. Like, that's it's a lot. such a, an exhaustingly short period of time for everything to happen. Yeah.
0: We get our second short song here, um, which is that Pippin relays what the Ents were singing, which is, Though Isengard be strong and hard, as cold as stone and bare as bone, We go, we go, we go to war to hew the stone and break the door which I love.
1: <laughs> Little Aunt Warsong. Mm-hmm. Um and so then they're kind of comparing stories and like you know filling in the gaps uh with each other about like oh like wh- where were you and like when did this happen. Yeah. There's a specific mention of horsemen as in the horsemen of Rohan during this.
0: Yes. There's also uh, this is where Ottergorn first mentions Soderman Uh, His knowledge was deep, his thought was subtle. This is like back in the day, Saruman actually was great. And his hands marvelously skilled, and he had a power over the minds of others. The wise he could persuade, and the smaller folk he could daunt. That power he certainly still keeps. There are not many in Middle-earth that I should say were safe if they were left alone to talk with him, even now when he has suffered a defeat. Gandalf, Elrond, and Galadriel, perhaps— now that his wickedness has been laid bare, but very few others. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get more of that. Like Relate.
1: What we were talking about when we first got into yeah, this, the, which is, it, it, you know, they're telling the Ents' destruction
0: of Isengard. Yeah, and then also they, they relay Gandalf showing up at Isengard on Shadowfax. Suddenly a great horse came striding up like a flash of silver, and this is the first time that Merry and Pippin realize that Gandalf is alive. In the movie, they meet him in when they're still in Fangorn with Treebeard. Um, mm-hmm. but in the book, it yeah. seems like Treebeard had met him in the woods at some point, but Marion Pippin had not because, like Treebeard, like already right. knew, and the hobbits didn't. Um, yeah. And...
1: Presumably, when they were like off with Quickbeam, or before yes. they were.
0: And Gandalf says to them. Wherever I have been, I am back," he answered in the genuine Gandalf manner. Um, <laughs> and then it's like, "Okay, gotta go. See you soon." That's
1: very good. Oh. The, yeah, and there's also so after after Gandalf's meeting with Treebeard, Treebeard says to them, um, um,
0: "Oh shit, where is, Treebeard is it?" Treebeard was very thoughtful after Gandalf had gone. He had evidently learned a lot in sh- in a short time. Oh yeah, digesting oh. it. Yeah, go ahead.
1: He looked at us and said, hmm, well, I find you are not such hasty folk as I thought, <laughs> which is very yeah. funny.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you said much less than you might and no more than you should, which is nice. It's nice validation for the hobbits. And they talk about, you know, how they flooded Isengard. So the river was gone because the Ents had temporarily diverted it um, to flood Isengard, but it will go back
1: and then I think the next significant plot thing is, is Grima coming yes, to Isengard and,
0: it, and that's a horse too because it says but out of the mist there rode a man on an old tired horse and then he's all like bewildered and it turns out to be Grima whose horse bolts when Treebeard just lifts him out of the saddle and holds him <laughs> in the air
1: yeah and there's also as soon as um Grima kind of sees what's going on at Isengard, of Treebeard is like, oh, le- like, let me go. Like, I, you know what? Never mind. Like, I've seen it and I'm okay. And Triggerbeard is like, well, you can either wait here for your master, as in Theoden, or you can, like, wade across this, like, flooded bowl to Orthanc. And then as Grima, like, splashes off, you know, there's a, a sad little moment where Grima is like, I can't swim, and then has to, like, wade through the water with, like, Treebeard, like, marching, like, frog marching him along. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. I mean, Grima tries to, like, pull one over on Treebeard initially. And it's like, oh, I'm a messenger from the king to Soderman.
1: Oh, well, and it it even says because, like, no one but me was, like, brave enough to, like, take the message with all the orcs about. Like, which, you little shit. Right, and
0: Treebeard said, ha, hmm, I was expecting you, Master Wormtongue. (laughs) Gandalf got here first so I know as much about you as I need and I know what to do with you put all the rats in one trap said Gandalf and I will and I love that line
1: (laughs) it's very good so Grima gets inside and I think the line is struggled up the stairs like a like a draggled rat
0: there's one other thing here before they kind of come back to like the present Aragorn says like Gimli's like oh we understand everything perfectly now Ottergorn says, all except one thing. Leave mm. from the south farthing in Isengard. The more I consider it, the more curious I find it. I've never been in Isengard, but I have journeyed in this land, and I know well the empty countries that lie between Rohan and the Shire. Neither goods nor folk have passed that way for many a long year, not openly. Saruman had secret dealings with someone in the Shire, I guess. Wormtongues may be found in other houses than King Theoden's. Was there a date on the barrels? And... It was the year before last. This is
1: not this is not a coincidence. Yes. Yeah, so we get yeah. A hint that
0: something there's you know, Saruman Saruman's reach goes
1: far. Yeah. And then yeah. the parties they decide to join back up with Gandalf and Thaedin. Uh in Treebeard, because Gandalf said he has to talk to Saruman.
0: Yes. And uh I think this is really interesting. I I truly do not want to spend too much time on it because I just we just can't. Uh, there's one thing before we get there, which is that when they like come around to where Gandalf had gone, they're like, Oh, there they are and then it says Gandalf rode forward to meet them and it kinda seems like Gandalf just never got off his horse that they're
1: just The entire time he's just I mean been... probably
0: he did Probably he got down and he ate and then he got back on his horse, but it it's just like, oh, yep, they're just still on their horses. Everyone is just on horses all the time. Yeah. So they're all, like, gathered around the tower. It says, the riders of Rohan sought, sat uneasily upon their horses on either side of the stair and looked up darkly at the great tower, fearing what might befall their lord. Merry and Pippin sat on the bottom step, feeling both unimportant and unsafe.
1: It's saw that line, just like, God. Yeah
0: yeah um so then gandalf calls saruman out it says suddenly another voice spoke because grima initially answered low and melodious it's very sound and enchantment those who listened unwarily to that voice could seldom report the words that they heard and if they did they wondered for little power remained in them mostly they remembered only that it was a delight to hear the voice speaking All that it said seemed wise and reasonable, and desire awoke in them by swift agreement to seem wise themselves. And he says, Well, why must you disturb my rest? Will you give me no peace at all by night or day? Its tone was that of a kindly heart aggrieved by injuries undeserved. And it kind of like this goes on for a little bit, and it just felt so, like, evocative of the way manipulative people, like, frame things like they act like super reasonable and like you are the one making things difficult Mm -hmm. and you know all of this stuff and it just felt it felt very like accurate in in that sense
1: yeah yeah and so Saruman like appeals directly to Theoden and is basically like listen, this is not my fault that you have, like, fallen prey to, like, ill counsel, like, or, or that we have, like, quarreled, like, you've quarreled with people before, like, be reasonable now. And there is a good moment of Theoden, who's already, like, fallen prey to manipulation, being able to, like, see through it and keep his own way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a line that I thought was um good, which is, a lesser son of great sires am I, but I do not need to lick your fingers. Turn elsewhere.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because like a lot of Theoden's men are sort of taken in, right? They're like, "Oh yeah, like Saruman is right," and you know, and Theoden finally says, "We will have peace." Said Theoden at last, thickly and with an effort. Several of the writers cried out gladly because they're like, Yeah, he's agreeing with Saruman, the super reasonable wizard. Theoden held up his hand. Yes, we will have peace, he said, now in a clear voice. We will have peace when you and all your works have perished, and the works of your dark master to whom you would deliver us. You are a liar, Saruman, and a corrupter of men's hearts. You hold out your hands to me, and I perceive only a finger of the claw of Mordor, and yeah, and then and then the line yeah, I said, and
1: then the the ri- his own yes. writer's reaction to it is: the riders gazed up at Theoden like men startled out of a dream, harsh as an old raven's. Their master's voice sounded in their ears after the music of Saruman, and then Saruman kind of loses his cool, and and
0: yes, and they start seeing through him because of that. Mm-hmm. I do love, he says, for I need you not, nor your little band of gallopers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I also have that marked. It's very good.
0: (laughs) Um, I do love, he's like, okay, fine, you're a lost cause, but Gandalf, for you at least, I am grieved, feeling for your shame.
1: This whole, the whole Gandalf and Saruman conversation is so interesting.
0: It's so interesting and it's very like, oh, they're exes. Yeah. I mean, I know, like, we've said this in the movies, but it's here too. Like, Gandalf stirred and looked up. What have you to say that you did not say at our last meeting? He asked. Or perhaps you have things to unsay? <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> and Saruman is like, uh, no. And then it's like, look, we could be great together. Like, come back to me. Join me. Our friendship would profit us both alike. Will you not come up?
1: Then Gandalf laughed. The fantasy vanished like a puff of smoke. And also the like greatest breakup line. So Gandalf is like laughing about this. Ah me, he paused, getting the better of his mirth. Understand one another? I fear I am beyond your comprehension.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's great. And then, which you talked about this earlier with the sort of, like, opportunity for redemption and, like, I don't know, rehabilitation, I guess, is that Gandalf, like, offers him a chance to kind of like live and be free yeah he specifically um, says you do not need to like, fear for surrenders. your skin
1: you can leave Orthanc free if you wish saruman like sneers at it and says what do you mean by free there are conditions i presume
0: yeah and gandalf says no like like i mean like free from bond of chain or command to go where you will even even to mordor saruman if you desire but you will first surrender to me the key of Orthanc and your staff they shall be pledges of your conduct to be returned later if you merit them.
1: I, I think it's, it's, it's very interesting that they, like, explicitly deal in the possibility of, like, like, even though the morality is so, like, black and white in many ways in these books, it, I, I think it's very interesting that, like, Saruman be, yeah. like, given the opportunity, the, like, the genuine opportunity to to change. Yeah, and, and, and with, the, with the acknowledgement that, like, you might, you might not.
0: And he doesn't, but Gandalf then says, you might still have turned away from folly and evil and have been of service, but you choose to stay and gnaw the ends of your old plots. Stay then, but I warn you, you will not easily come out again, not unless the dark hands of the East stretch out to take you. And then Gandalf excommunicates him. Yeah, um, yeah. He says, behold... I am not Gandalf the Grey whom you betrayed. I am Gandalf the White, who has returned from death. You have no colour now, and I cast you from the order and from the council. And then he says, Saruman, your staff is broken, and the staff like breaks, and he says go, and Saruman sort of like crawls away. And that's when Grima throws the Palantir out the window.
1: Which Pippin Pippin goes to retrieve. And then there's a there's an interesting Moment. You know, Gandalf quickly takes the palantir from Pippin and they kind of start to ride away and Pippin asks Gandalf like what will you what will you do to him? What if Sauron does not conquer, what will you do to him? I nothing, said Gandalf. I will do nothing to him. I do not wish for mastery. What will become of him? I cannot say. I grieve that so much that was good now festers in the tower. That line specifically, I do not wish for mastery, is
0: very interesting. Yeah. And then uh, Saruman realizes that um, Grima, yeah, through the Palantir and is mad.
1: Uh, And then Treebeard and Legolas are, like, chatting. And Legolas mentions how much he would love to go visit Fangorn. And Treebeard is like, oh my god, an elf? Of course you are welcome to Fangorn. And Legolas is like... I'd like to bring, you know, like, my boyfriend. And Treebeard is like, yeah, of course, elves are welcome. And Legolas is like, no, 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 I speak of this here, Gimli, son. And Treebeard is like, ooh.
0: Um. Yeah. Well, cause, so it says Gimli bowed <laughs> oh. low and the axe slipped from his belt and clattered on the <laughs> ground. And then Treebeard is like, oh, a dwarf and an axe bearer. I have goodwill to elves, but you ask much? This is a strange friendship. And then, do you want to read that, like, last line?
1: Strange it may seem, said Legolas, but while Gimli lives, I shall not come to Fangorn alone. And then, you <sighs> know, they talk about the battle, but it's it's really good.
0: While Gimli lives, I shall not come to Fangorn alone. While
1: Gimli lives, I shall not come to Fangorn
0: alone. Till death do them part. It's
1: love. And then Treebeard mentions that, like, in light of everything that they've done, he has added hobbits to the, like, ins taxonomical song of all living creatures. Yes, yes,
0: yes. So now it goes, Ence the earth-born oldest mountains, the wide walkers water drinking, and hungry as hunters, the hobbit children, the laughing folk, the the little little people. people.
1: And then Gandalf and Treebeard kind of talk over the specifics of like, hey, don't let Saruman out of the tower, and Gandalf also specifically asked them to release the Aizen again to to essentially flood the place again so that Saruman is not able to escape through any of the underground chaffs. And that brings yeah. us to the last chapter of the book, The Palantir, which is yes. scary.
0: It is. There's a lot of writing. Everyone is tired of writing, the hobbits, especially.
1: Yeah, Mary has some good like sass for Gandalf about writing. Are we writing far tonight, Gandalf? Asked Mary after a while. I don't know how to feel, how you feel with small ragtag dangling behind you, but the ragtag is tired and would like to stop dangling and lie down, which is what (laughs) Saruman had called them. Yeah. Gandalf is like, oh, you heard that? Like, don't let Saruman bother you. Like, condescension from Saruman is a compliment or whatever. And Mary chirpily says, thank you. It is a greater honor to dangle at your tail, Gandalf. For one thing, in that position, one has a chance of putting a question a second time. Are we riding far tonight? <laughs> Just... <laughs> he, you know, he wants to like ask Gandalf more questions about what's going on, and Gandalf is being Gandalf about it. And Mary says, "All right, I'll tackle Strider by the campfire. He's less testy."
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So they camp, and Mary and Pippin are talking a little bit because um, Pippin is like weirdly restless. And Mary's like, "Yo, what's up, bro?" And Pippin said, "You had the luck, Mary. You were riding with Gandalf cause Pippin wants like information
1: specifically about the Palantir,
0: yes, and Mary says about like Gandalf, um because you know this is their first time like hanging out with him since he's come back to life. He has grown, or something. he can be both kinder and more alarming, merrier, and more solemn than before, I think." He has changed, but we have not had a chance to see how much yet. But think of the last part of that business with Saruman. Remember, Saruman was once Gandalf's superior, head of the council, whatever that may be exactly. He was Saruman, the white. Gandalf is the white now. Saruman came when he was told, and his rod was taken, and then he was just told to go, and he went. But then Pippin is like, now that glass ball, he seems pretty excited about that, and I'm kind of wondering about it and it felt so heavy and he was kind of possessive of it. And, and Mary's like, don't meddle in the affairs of wizards. And Pippin says, I just want to look at that ball. And then Mary tells him to go to sleep.
1: This is a great moment. So clearly something is like up a little bit with Pippin and he kind of snaps at Mary for Mary's response. He says, all right, what's the harm in my telling you what I should like? A look at that stone. I know I can't have it, with old Gandalf sitting on it like a hen on an egg, but it doesn't help me much to get no more from you than a you-can't-have-it-so-go-to-sleep. Well, what else could I say, said Mary. I'm sorry, Pippin, but you really must wait till the morning. I'll be as curious as you like after breakfast, and I'll help in any way I can at wizard wheedling, but I can't keep awake (laughs) any longer. Which is, like, you know, a, a sweet and sad moment given what's going on that, like, Mary doesn't understand what's going on with Pippin and, like, they're coming to conflict a little bit, but, like, does kind of stop to be like, I love you and I want to help you, we just can't right now. Yeah, yeah. And then Pippin does some nighttime thieving. Pippin has a little
0: a little palantir heist. He's got
1: the itchy palms that only a palantir can crave.
0: Yeah, he like finds a rock and slips it under Gandalf's arm where the palantir <laughs> Just is. Just really funny. Yeah, because Gandalf is sort of like his arm wrapped around it.
1: He holds the palantir and then things go badly, badly. from there. He goes rigid and cries out, which brings... Everyone. And Gandalf questions him about what exactly happened. Yes. After he kind of brings Pippin, Pippin is like kind of momentarily catatonic or unresponsive and and Gandalf brings him back and interrogates him about what happened. Pippin reveals that he was interrogated by the Palantir and is clearly like shaken and afraid.
0: But it turns out it did not go as badly as it could have
1: there's a whole, there's there's one yeah. little moment mm-hmm. in here that I want to talk about. At first Pippin is like a little evasive or or not giving as much information as Gandalf wants. Gandalf says, "That won't do. What did you see and what did you say?" Pippin shut his eyes and shivered but said nothing. They all stared at him in silence except Merry who turned away. Yeah. Which oh they finished the interrogation. As you said, it didn't go as poorly as it could have and Merry didn't lie to Gandalf. And so there's this moment at the end. His face grew of Gandalf. His face grew gentler and the shadow of a smile appeared. He laid his hand softly on Pippin's head. All right, say no more. You've taken no harm. But the the harm has been done, which is that Gandalf and Pippin. Although it didn't Pippin didn't reveal as much as he could have, something has been revealed and Gandalf-, Gandalf and Pippin need to go. Yeah.
0: He gives the palantir to Aragorn to guard it. And Aragorn says, there is one who may claim it by right, for this assuredly is the palantir of Orthanc from the treasury of Elendil set here by the kings of Gondor. Now my hour draws near as in the hour that he will like assume his throne. I will take it. Um, And then Gandalf like, actually, like, bows as he, like, sort of lifts it and presents it to Otterworn. Yeah. Um, But says, like, don't use it yet. Be wary.
1: And also that Gandalf isn't sure if he himself could, like, withstand the Palantir. Yes. And, like, feels like a dark compulsion to try. And that's, that's another thing. Like, we have talked about this before with, specifically with Frodo in the ring, but, like, throughout Pippin's Palantir heist, he talks about being afraid and, like, compelled yeah by something outside of himself yeah
0: yeah and then uh nazgul flies over and gandalf's like okay ride go and it says he sprang away calling shadowfax as he ran autogorn followed him going to pippin gandalf picked him up in his arms you shall come with me this time he said shadowfax shall show you his paces then he ran to the place where he had slept Shadowfax stood there already, slinging the small bag, which was all his luggage, across his shoulders. I love it! He has a little wizard backpack! A little wizard backpack! The wizard leapt upon the horse's back. Aragorn lifted Pippin and set him in Gandalf's arms, wrapped in cloak and blanket. Farewell! Follow fast! Cried Gandalf. Away, Shadowfax! The great horse tossed his head. His flowing tail flicked in the moonlight. Then he leapt forward, spurning the earth, and was gone like the north wind from the mountains. I love that phrase, spurning the earth. Spurning like the earth
1: is really Yeah, he's good. going
0: so fast that he's just like, it's like he leaves the ground behind him.
1: And that's, that's it. The party is split again. Mary and Pippin don't even get the opportunity to say goodbye to each other here.
0: Yeah. And Mary's a little petty about it or something. I mean, he's having feelings, which makes sense. But he's he says, some folk have wonderful luck to Ategorn. He did not want to sleep and he wanted to ride with Gandalf. And there he goes. Instead of being turned into a stone himself, to stand here forever as a warning. And Ottergorn says, if you had been the first to lift the Orthanc stone, and not he, how would it be now? You might have done worse. Who can say? But now it is your luck to come with me, I fear, at once. Over the plains, Shadowfax was And then flowing. there's some
1: great Shadowfax stuff. Yes. Pippin, he says to Gandalf, I did not know you rode bareback. You haven't a saddle or a bridle. I do not ride elf fashion except on Shadowfax, said Gandalf, but Shadowfax will have no harness. You do not ride Shadowfax. He is willing to carry you, or not. If he is willing, that is enough. It is then his business to see that you remain on his back unless you jump off into the air. How fast is he going? Asked Pipkin. Uh, Pippin? <laughs> There's a character called Pipkin in the book I'm reading right now. Hmm. How fast is he going? Asked Pippin. Fast by the wind, but very smooth. And how light his footfalls are. He is running now as fast as the swiftest horse could gallop, answered Gandalf. But that is not fast for him. Yeah. The land is rising a little here. Oh,
0: yeah. And then, you know, just
1: descriptions of
0: of where they're going. Um, Um, And then Gandalf is singing softly to himself as they're riding. At last, the wizard passed into a song of which the hobbit caught the words. A few lines came clear to his ears through the rushing of the wind. And it's about the tree of Gondor, right? He says, tall ships and tall kings, three times three. What brought they from the Foundered Land over the flowing sea? Seven stars and seven stones and one white tree. One white tree. Um, The seven stones, of course, being the palantir
1: And yeah, they talk a little about the history of the Palantir and, and how dangerous it is and how it compelled Saruman as well, which is interesting that Saruman, who is, you know, compelling all of these people around him is himself compelled by right. the Palantir.
0: Right. Not, sorry, not the Palantir specifically, but Sauron. The, the, Sar- Sauron using, using by the Palantir. Sauron via yes. the Palantir. Because yes. Yes. the Palantir yes. themselves were like you know, it's a tool, right? We're Gondorian and used to help people communicate across distance. Um, it's just that
1: I mean, they're pre they're pre Gondorian, right? Yes, but, but Gondor like had Gondor. Yeah. yeah, And Pippin Pippin says, I wish I had known all this before. I had no notion of what I was doing. And Gandalf says, oh, yes, you had. You knew you were behaving wrongly and foolishly. And you told yourself so, though you
0: did not listen. Yeah. Let's see. I wrote down horses for page 205. I think it's just a small thing. It does say Shadowfax must run a longer road. Uh,
1: yeah, and there's an incredible quote at the end. which Oh, is and every like, stride
0: of Shadowfax bears you nearer to the land of shadow. Peregrine took. There is that one. Yeah,
1: which is, Pippin says something about like, oh, like, they're not coming from me, and Gandalf is like, yes, that has in fact been the stakes of this entire thing that we're on. You need to, you can't Be in denial about that, and they ride on through the night. And I love, I love the way this chapter ends. Gandalf says, "Away now, Shadowfax! Run, great heart! Run as you have never run before. Now we are come to the lands where you were fold, and every stone you know. Run now! Hope is in speed." Yeah. Shadowfax tossed his head and cried aloud, as if a trumpet had summoned him to battle. Then he sprang forward. Fire flew from his feet. Night rushed over him. As he fell slowly into sleep, Pippin had a strange feeling. He and Gandalf were still as stone, seated upon the statue of a running horse, while the world rolled away beneath his feet with a great noise of wind. Uh,
0: yeah. Fuck. It's great.
1: So that, that brings us to the end of book three. Do we want to circle back around and do our, our last couple of thoughts for the movie? We do. And then on to our second note. Yes. Um. We do have to talk about... The the thing that jumps out at me is the Frodo and Sam scene. Yes,
0: yeah, I think that's the only thing that.
1: Well, and, feels... and there's an important Faramir moment as well.
0: Well, yes, I mean that's yes that happens after that. That's with them. Yeah, I was just looking to see if I had written anything else down about the movies that I wanted to talk about, but I don't think.
1: Oh, oh, I did. I did actually like horsemanship wise. Um. <gasps> oh, during say it the... in. yeah. Yeah, Thaden and his reins, which are, like, absolutely sky high during the charge in the causeway. Yeah. He, like, his cause he, reins are, like, literally up level with the horse's ears. Right, because
0: he, like, raises his, like, left hand, which is holding the sword. sword. And his right hand is holding the reins. But it's, like, when his left hand goes up, then his right hand also goes up. And, yeah, they are, like, uh, so high. It's bad.
1: Yeah, I, I will say, like... He doesn't seem like a very comfortable rider because also during that scene, it seems like he is, like, really only barely keeping his seat. Yeah. But that that was notable. Yeah, yeah, We talked yeah. about Brego's cool new armor. Oh, Leg- Legolas also gets cool new armor. He gets, like, oh, yeah. shoulder pauldrons, yes. which are neat, because we haven't really seen him wear armor before, and also because I love pauldrons. They also kind
0: of uh, match arid. Oh my god! They want, yeah, because they, ma- they have yeah, this like scale overlapping mail. leather Overlapping panels. leather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god.
1: I just want to match my horse with armor. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. Wow. Um, okay, so when we come back to the Frodo oh. and what?
1: Did you want to talk about the not bad for a twink?
0: Oh, yes. Just in that scene with Legolas and Gimli, which we sort of talked about earlier because I was talking about the book version, Legolas is like you know, 42 or whatever, and Gimli's like, not bad for an elf, but it feels like he's saying not bad for a twink. Well,
1: it's, it's like not bad for a pointy-eared oh, elven prince. Yes, wing.
0: that's, sorry, yes, that's what it is,
1: yes. But it's, it's a delicious moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm sorry, I'll stop interrupting okay. you now we can
0: get back in our feelings. Frodo and Sam. So, let's jump Frodo into the pit. has his sword at Sam's neck, right, and Sam is like, don't you know you're Sam? Don't you know your son? Sam? Oh, it's so heartbreaking. And then finally, like, there's this, like, it feels like minutes, but it's, you know, I don't know, a second or two of them just, like, staring at each other. And Frodo finally, like, comes back to himself and realizes and sort of, like, casts his sword aside and sits back against the wall and is just, like, devastated at his own... Oh, I had never realized
1: how much this moment mirrors the interaction with Bilbo when Bilbo gives him sting.
0: Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I mean, he, yeah, he recognizes the ways that, you know, he's been transformed.
1: Affected.
0: Yes, by the ring. And it sucks. And and he's like, what are we even fighting for? Maybe there's a line before that. But at some point he says, what are we holding on to?
1: He, I think, just says something along the lines of Oh Sam and Sam kind of picks himself up. Yeah. He like stumbles over to like a, an arch doorway and is kind of looking out at the destruction of us, And mm-hmm. he's basically like, how did we get here? Like, how did you and I wind up here? Yeah. And goes on about how like, although they're so hurt in more ways than one and like out of their league, they have to do it because there's good in the world worth fighting for. He
0: doesn't say that thing yet though. He says that there's good worth fighting for in response to Frodo's question, what are we holding on yeah. to? Yeah. I was just trying to figure out the lead up to that to that particular question.
1: Here, we can probably look up the exact quote.
0: Because it's important.
1: It's very important. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, no. It's, it's ouchy. It's, it's like... It's not, this is like before Sam goes into his whole monologue.
1: Yeah, Frodo says, I can't do this, Sam. And Sam says, I know it's all wrong. By all rights, we shouldn't even be here. But we are. It's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo. The ones that really mattered. Full of darkness and danger there were. And sometimes you didn't want to know the end. Because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad happened? In the end, it's only a passing thing, the shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you, that meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Frodo, I do understand. I know now. Folks in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't, because they were holding on to something.
0: Oh, and then, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I had that. What are we
1: holding on I to? I had Sam? that flipped
0: around in my head. Yes. So yes, then Frodo says, what are we holding on to, Sam? And before Sam responds with words, he reaches out and, like, pulls Frodo to his feet.
1: Literally grabs Frodo. Yes,
0: so that, like, the the clear, like, visual, physical answer to what are we holding on to is, like, each other. Like, I am holding on to you, Frodo. And then he says Mm -hmm. that there's some good in the world worth fighting for, or whatever that line is. but. To yeah. me, like, the 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 sort of physical and, like, visual response before he says anything is so powerful.
1: Yeah, especially, especially, we talked about this when we were watching, because it mirrors earlier, when, like, Sam is trying to talk to Frodo through his kind of, like, ring trance, and, like, it's good that he's, like, saying the things that he's saying, but, like, they're not getting through to Frodo, and so it's this, like, physical action to, like, yeah. demonstrate. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then Faramir has, like, seen Sam's, like, you know, monologue and and this interaction. Sam's
1: declaration of love. Yes.
0: And he comes over. And as you may recall, we talked about how Faramir is, like, definitely trans in, yeah. in our last episode. And he comes over and he says, I think we finally understand one another. And then says that they're going to be released. And... To me, this is so clearly, like, Faramir recognizes that Frodo and Sam are, like, fellow members of, like, they are also gay or queer or whatever. And Mm -hmm. it's like, yes, like, this is my family and I have to look out for them.
1: Right. I mean, the line, he he says to Frodo, like, we, like, see each other or, you know. Yeah, we finally understand
0: one another. And it's... Yeah, it's, it's so... I just... I know that this is probably, you know, not what the filmmakers were thinking. I don't know what, you know, Philippa Boy- Is it Philippa Boyens?
1: It's Fran Walsh and and Philippa Philippa Boyens.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, what their own sort of headcanons were. But I just think, like, why would you make it that line and not like, oh, I see the nobility of your quest now or whatever. I don't know. I just- There is something so clearly, like, like, they, Faramir, like, recognizes a kinship between them, a similarity. Mm -hmm. And, and it's like, yeah, like, I have to help you instead of kidnapping you. And then the one, like, guard soldier guy is like, but the law of the land.
1: Your life will be forfeit. Right. You know the laws of our land. Your life will be forfeit. Like, it's illegal. Your life will be forfeit for
0: Right, and as you pointed, I mean, like, that just adds to it for me that, like, Faramir is like, yeah, I know the law. I have been sort of living in, you know, transgression of it or, like, challenging of it, like, my whole life. And I have to do what's right here. And it just... Right. It's great.
1: And all of this fits so nicely and feels like it is impossible to not see yeah and so then like you know Faramir starts to lead them out of the city and they talk some logistics about like where they're going and blah 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 Mm -hmm. and Sam says to Faramir you've shown your quality sir which again like mirrors that scene of like Boromir affirming Faramir like as his brother yeah before we go and it it just yeah it, it fits so nicely
0: yeah and like Sam doesn't even know That, like, that phrasing is, like, particularly meaningful to Faramir, but it's just, oh, it's good. It's really good. It's good, it's good. And then, yeah, and we see Frodo and Sam, like, back in the woods, like, hiking through, and Sam kind of has a moment with Gollum where he's like, you know that, like, Frodo wasn't trying to hurt you, right? Like, we have, we're on the same page, we have an understanding, no hard feelings, and Gollum's like, yes, Master. But um, it becomes clear at the end when he's sort of like having this like Gollum-Smeagol dialogue that Gollum kind of wins out because he does in fact feel betrayed. But the part I well, and
1: and and when he tells when he responds to Sam and says no hard feelings, you hear him do the Gollum cough. Yes, which we haven't right.
0: Yes, heard. Um, yeah. and. It does. Oh, the other thing I forgot is like when Frodo and Sam are sort of having their moment. Smeagol. Gollum is the weird, like,
1: emotional filter for that. Yeah, scene. we keep like seeing so much of that dialogue watching is it. watching Gollum's face and how he reacts to it, which I think is an interesting choice. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think mostly that's about showing. I mean, like, we've talked about that Saruman and the Hillmen are, like, given the potential for redemption. And I think the camera is sort of showing us, like, these two paths, right, that Smeagol also has the potential. Like, he's sort of moved by that conversation, and then the other side of it wins out. Um, But it's there. I don't remember if we've talked about this, but the Hobbit or the, you know, whatever they are, the person that Smeagol was hanging out with the day he found the ring—
1: I think it's clear that he's supposed to be a hobbit. Like if you think back to right, the... I mean,
0: I not that they're not hobbits. It just like Gandalf says they were quite like hobbits.
1: Yeah, I, th- and this is not this is not interesting. We should not get caught up no. in that. But like I'm thinking about the forward of the book when he, they're like, oh yeah, there's like the river hobbits.
0: Yes, yes. My point though is that Sméagol had this friend, and it just describes them as friends, and then. I mean, Smeagol kills him, but I just think maybe they were in love and Smeagol is thinking about that. Oh,
1: Smeagol and Deagle?
0: Yeah. When he sees Frodo and Sam together.
1: Oh God, which makes the like Gollum-Sam animosity like so much worse.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, there's jealousy there. There's a lot of like, it brings up self-hatred because he killed his friend (laughs) slash lover. (laughs) yeah Yeah. right he he killed his sam and frodo has his sam and like smeagol is like projecting a lot onto that
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: yeah it's just it's just a lot that's
1: joey you might be the world's first smeagol deagle shipper
0: no i feel like molly implies this in her fic actually oh
1: interesting i have not got i think
0: i think she has a a moment okay world's Um,
1: second smeagol deagle shipper (laughs)
0: There is this lovely moment, um with Frodo and Sam at the end where they're talking about like like being in the stories yeah they
1: they've returned to the idea of the great stories and whether or not stories will be told about them, and Sam is kind of telling it to Frodo to like cheer him up, like oh, frodo, like frodo the the brave Frodo says to Sam, and what about Sam? Frodo wouldn't have made it far without Sam. And Sam clearly, like, struggles with his own feelings for a minute and decides that Frodo is teasing him and says, Don't tease, Mr. Frodo. I was being serious. And Frodo smiles with the softest, gentlest, m- most full of affection smile and says, So was I.
0: Oh, I. Uh, I. Okay. So I have been the Elijah Wood hater on this podcast in the past. Mm-hmm. And I. Still have my moments, but I will say that our conversation with Molly helped me, like, give myself space to, like, pay attention to him in a different way and, I don't know, and, like, let myself be moved by it. I, like, I love book Frodo and, like, shipping book Frodo and Sam, and I just, like, movie Frodo rubbed me the wrong way in a lot of ways, and I'm sure I will still have those moments, but I really enjoyed this segment of the movie and was able to just like feel emotional about them instead of. Oh
1: good. I'm so frustrated. Glad. With I will be very curious to see how that does because Frodo and Sam have really only begun to be tested and like that, that will be pushed to its fullest extent as we get into Return of the King. Yeah, and everything that
0: I'm worried there. about how I'll feel once Frodo is back in like intense physical suffering I think that's when I struggle the most with him. Yeah. But we got to see some really nice, like, soft sweetness from him. Yeah. And it was good. Sean Astin's,
1: like, acting kind of gets swept under the rug or underappreciated here, but, like, he really does... Like, I think it's a difficult line to toe of, like, being the comedic relief, but also, like, carrying the weight of the relationship in a way that is, like, believable. And he... really really carries it here absolutely any other like roundup movie thoughts i don't think so we did talk really briefly and i'll save this because i think we'll talk about this more in a future episode but we were comparing when we were comparing like the aored on the screen with the mariad and trying to use like relative size to help us Mm -hmm. figure out the size of the host looking at, at the shot of the red and, like, knowing that many of those writers are, um, are women.
0: Yeah. And we were
1: kind of spinning off our own little headcanon about, like,
0: the, Oh, the,
1: yeah! The great- the a great majority of, like, the Rohirrim host being women disguised as men and the, like, community they're in. And, and Eowyn, when we see her join them, the, like, joy of, like, Eowyn realizing that
0: yeah, well, initially that like Eowyn doesn't know, right? So she's trying right, to like, right,
1: and everyone around her is like pretend to, be, to be a man, gently, right? It, I I can so clearly imagine like everyone around her like in camp trying to like kind of gently clue her in, and her being so like in her own feelings about who she's supposed to be. Yeah, and so anxious she, about she being can't. found
0: out that she it's cannot know this. And so anxious notice. about it, right? Yeah, right,
1: but so really, anxious. it's. It's really good. We'll we'll keep ruminating on that and come back to it, but I yeah. did want to mention it yeah. briefly.
0: There's just, there's a nice shot where they sort of, like after the battle are like looking out over the wood that the orcs like ran into, the horns, and you see a bunch of these riders from the back and some of them look pretty small and, you know, lots of them have like long, long blonde hair in the back. You can very easily imagine them there as women which you know many of them are played by women which is what sparked this this conversation yeah Yeah, that's good okay wow what were your favorite horses from today
1: Mm, that's a great question
0: we saw a lot of repeats of previous horses so besides those yeah who was your favorite new horse
1: it's this is so difficult because we see these horses for such brief. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say the beefiest of the beefy beefier beefiest.
0: Oh, Balgol.
1: Um, tri trifecta, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about nice. you? I think mine is Widnilt because I like that white that has that little white, white, white yes. marking.
1: Yeah, oh, we we cute. also when we were as I said like flipping back and forth between early two tower and now to like compare the Aired, we saw mm-hmm. a horse that we had missed the first time around who is part of the Aired, so
0: yes i mean we didn't like it uh, we didn't talk miss them her. in we the counting didn't.
1: kind of considered the Aired as a group who has an incredible like eyebrow marking
0: mm-hmm. just like
1: a perfect splotch of white over her over her eye in the shape of an eyebrow
0: yeah and like we had talked about a different horse with an eyebrow marking in that episode, but, but not not, 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 not this one. This is a different one. Yeah. And it was cute. So
1: sh- shout out shout out to that as a honorary yeah. horse I very much like from this segment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's again six hundred and four Wow, Wow. High. I I really I really love the the transition in this section from four horses to three horses to three hundred and
0: fifty-seven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so our okay. thing about is that we will rewrite one of Tolkien's songs per episode to be about horses. What? Yes. Song. So there are, are actually are there are actually
1: four songs this section. I thought there were three. There are four. There's the ere iron was found or tree was hewn when young was mountain under moon, air ring was made, or rot was woe, it walked the forest long ago, which is about ints. There's also the int war song that Merry and Pippin relate, the though yes. Isengard be strong and hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, and there's the, about the addition hobbits. to the taxonomical song, and lastly, there's um, the little thing that Diddy, that Gandalf sings about the Palantir. So all of them are very short.
0: I kind of like this first one. It has a fun little cadence to it.
1: Okay, yeah. So
0: this is about, I think, the Ants and how old they are. Although I do like the Ents War song, too. But what's our pitch for each of these? I mean. How how could they be made about horses?
1: Int War
0: Song is
1: about going to get some oats. Int's mm. Old Song is about the first horse.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Taxonomical Song, we could
0: just add no, a few I'm, more I'm, horses. I've ruled out taxonomical and the other one. Oh,
1: okay, well, that's it then, I guess. <laughs> going to get some oats or the first horse.
0: Yeah, actually, I like going to get some oats. The first horse, The the trouble is, like... You don't actually have to change any of the words of that. You can just say that it's about a horse instead of an ant.
1: Yeah, and that's... We cheat sometimes, but not like that.
0: No. Let's do this thing. So here, their goal is to, you know, destroy Isengard or, like, break down the door. And the obstacle is, like, Isengard, right? Though Isengard be strong and hard... As cold as stone and bare as bone, we go, we go, we go to war to hew the stone and break the door. So the goal is, you know, getting oats. What are the obstacles to getting oats?
1: We could spin this a couple of different ways. Uh Number one, it could be like oats heist. (laughs) Gotta go be naughty and go steal oats Mm -hmm. that were not meant for me. Um, It could also be like I want my oats, but in order to, like, get oats, I have to be awake and probably do some work in order to get the oats, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: My other thoughts were, like, we've talked in the past about all of the things that horses are scared of.
1: Uh, yeah, we could just make, make up our own, like, gambit for them to yes, run like Yes, like, to get are... the
0: oats, they have to go past, you know, the plastic bag and the flapping tarp and the puddle of water yeah. and, you know... Um,
1: <laughs> maybe a deer in another
0: field, yeah, and a llama,
1: oh my God, was that my own <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: also weather could be a thing. it could be about like getting through a storm to get to like the warm stall and yeah. cozy stall and oats,
1: okay, yeah let's let's do
0: that i don't I don't I don't well do what
1: I kind of like because we've done the thing that horses are afraid of, it's more like the like perilous journey home to oats,
0: okay. Okay, okay. Though Isengard be strong and hard. um, Though bitter winds be... What rhymes with winds? is It's interesting because we have these little short rhymes. So like Isengard and hard and stone and bone. And then war and door. But they're like very close together. I
1: think the first one needs to not be the tribulations, but the thing they're trying to get through so instead of it being like though this thing be difficult it's like though the barn is far away though like we're far from home mm. to establish the stakes and also like Isengard is the goal here and home is the the goal in our rewrite
0: yeah it's just Isengard is also the mm-hmm. yeah no i see that cuz it's like it really i mean the obstacles are that it's strong and hard as cold as stone and bare as bone right. so Though, you know, cozy stall. Oh my god, we could rhyme it with
1: squall. You were talking about a storm, stall Mm. and squall.
0: Okay, okay. Though, cozy stall be through a squall. (laughs) Wow. As, and then we need a a little rhyming couplet here. How how would you describe a squall?
1: I think dark and loud are the things that horse don't like.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe one of these phrases can be about the squall, and one of them can be about how far away the stall is. Oh, sure. Uh, You are making
1: such a a poetry (laughs) creation face. (laughs) Maybe a little little dictionary. Though cozy stall be through a squall as far as...
0: Hmm. Um, Name any words. uh, Wait, what rhymes with night?
1: Sight, light, blight, kite, might.
0: Yeah, bright and light are nice. How does that... Um, Like, the cozy stall be through a squall as dark as night and far as... Sight? Mm, oh, and out of sight.
1: Out of sight, there we go.
0: We go, we go, and we go to oats Out of sight,
1: we... I think, actually... Oats might not be our keyword here because oats we've had trouble rhyming with
0: we we go or we ride, we ride, we ride, we ride,
1: yeah, we ride, we ride we, nicely, we, but and we ride, we ride, we ride to bed to roost to
0: or to home to
1: home, um to chew the oats to home to munch the oats, and what rhymes with home there sun. Oats. It's gotta be the I think it's gotta be munch the oats to follow the poem. Okay. Also I think munch the oats is funnier than munch some oats.
0: Okay. Dome, gnome, comb, foam, roam.
1: We to munch the oats, no more to roam.
0: No more to roam. Yeah. I think yeah, I, I think that's good.
1: Um, did you write it
0: down? I wrote it on paper. I can type it in the chat real quick. If you or if like. you can just
1: read it so I can put it in the thing.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, Though bitter winds... Be, no, sorry. That was the first line that I hadn't crossed out yet. Though cozy stall be through a squall as dark as night and out of sight we ride, we ride, we ride to home to munch some oats no more to roam. To munch
1: the oats. No more to roam. Oh,
0: the oats. Oh, sorry, I had not crossed that out either.
1: That's solid. Though cozy stall be through a squall, as dark as night and out of sight, we ride, we ride, we ride to home to munch the oats. No more to roam.
0: Wow. Good work.
1: Good job. Premier horse poets. A
0: third oath kept.
1: Third oath. Check. <laughs> and I don't think we have any Oh, what we do. We have Uh, have the most important questions we've ever had. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. Oh, my
0: God. I know. I know. Okay. Okay. Can I read this first one? Yes. Bethany has written in, Hello, I love your podcast and I have an extremely important problem that I think only you can solve. Wow. Like, that is a lighting of the beacon. I am a therapist and work out of a barn incorporating horses into my therapy work. I just have to insert here that I'm not a therapist yet, but will be. And I don't have experience with equine therapy, but think it's really cool. And yeah, this is great. Um, Okay. The two little buddies you see attached in these photos are top-notch mini therapy horses. They are best friends and help a lot of people, especially kids, work through their anxiety, trauma, conflicts, and fear. However, I'm currently facing a dilemma. Their names are Chip. That's the little white one and Frankie, the little black and white one.
1: And we'll post pictures of them with that episode. Yes. very cute.
0: But the work they do is so big and grand and important that I feel they should have names that reflect that reality. You two have demonstrated your world-class horse naming skills. Wow, thank you. Wow. What Lord of the Rings names would you give to my friends? Thank you for helping me with this conundrum. (sighs) Um, so... Oh, man... Maybe I should have asked Bethany a clarifying question because she says, what, what Lord of the Rings names would you give to my friends? But does that mean like names that already exist in the Lord of the Rings? No. just this, names that are, are I think Lord of the
1: Rings style names. Okay. Is very much how I read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Lord of the Rings names. Um, these little horses are extremely cute. They're very shaggy. They're perfect. Wow. What Do you have thoughts? So,
1: do you want to physically describe them a little more, just so people can picture? One is
0: a yeah, little so, so white horse. Chip, yes, Chip is white and has... He has a
1: very floofy little forelock and mane, and he's quite shaggy.
0: And... Um, it looks like he has a little his, brown has, patch
1: on his chest.
0: Yeah, it does look like that in this picture, but it's hard to tell because it might be another horse right behind him that we're seeing a little bit of, but no, you're, I mean it does look like that's brown on his chest um, yeah uh, it's like right up between where his legs meet just a little, a little patch, and he's I mean, he's a very like pink skinned horse, so like he has dark eyes, but the skin around them is a little bit pink Mm -hmm. and yeah, very floofy mane and Forelock, um, and then Frankie um (laughs) is black and white, and he's like his face is mostly black, and like the front half of him is mostly black with just some like white bits here and there. His forelock is shorter, less fluffy, and kind of sticks up just a little bit. And then his back half is mostly white with like black splotches, and he has a black tail. His mane is kind of. And he has a little. He has colors. a little
1: tiny, a little tiny white star, which looks like a little leaf. Yes, it's very cute. And
0: his eyes are like lighter. Hmm. they're both extremely cute.
1: So can I tell you what I'm thinking of first? Yeah. Frankie with his light colored eyes makes me think of, um, Orlando Bloom, like elf eyes. So maybe mm. we could do like Quenya or Sindarin for like Elphide or something. Oh yeah.
0: I like that idea. Let's start there. Let's see what, do you have your book with you?
1: I super do not, but I'm looking up a Quenya translator now. Okay.
0: Or Sindarin. Growing up, I always thought of Quenya as the more, I don't know, like just like regular elf language and Sindarin Mm -hmm. as like fancier, but I think it's the opposite. Quenya is like archaic and Sindarin is like more current to the books. Also, Frankie has white on a lot of his back legs, but his front legs, he has white like just above the knees. And so it looks like he's wearing these big white boots or big wool socks, Mm. like tall. Socks. It's very cute,
1: and they're so little. They're very they're tiny. I'm seeing hen or hind, h e n d, as the noun for eye.
0: Okay. What about? I mean, elf yes or blue. We also like some of the other naming conventions. Are like you know we have like Firefoot and Shadowfax and Snowmane, which warrior cat names definitely names which have the benefit of both being kind of like fancy feeling and being mostly recognizable words.
1: That's true. That's a good point.
0: Yeah. I like the elvish idea. I just wanna, you know, keep that in consideration. What are your what are your thoughts? Um have you found words for blue or elf? Um elda oh, Elda right. E
1: L D A is elf. As in like Eldar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elga um, is like Eldenhel, so that could be
0: henelda or Elda Hen, ooh, Elda Hen is not bad, or Elda Hen, if you wanted that d on the end d That's on sort of the optional Elda Hen is nice. What if we come up with elvish names for both of them and also more like Rohan names, not like not like Geralt, but like like Shadowfax and Snowmane, and give Bethany those options. Totally,
1: totally. And well, the thing that's nice about, I feel like when we are putting together, like, names that we want to translate into Elvish, we are, they're essentially, like, that format anyways, because we're, like, drawing from physical characteristics, you know? Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of some good words to describe these little ponies. Oh my gosh, there's, um, there's a noun for tangled hair and shaggy lock, Fassa, which is very cute. Oh, how's that spelled? Uh, It's F-A-S-S-E with an umlaut. Yeah, that's
0: great. Um, I also saw there are several words for blue if we wanted to do, like, blue eyes like ninwa and Helwa. Ninwahin is cute. Yeah, would you add something to Fasa or keep it just like that?
1: I think you could keep it just like that, especially because of... It feels like a very cute, like diminutive nickname, like you'd call someone in your family.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like if you wanted that three syllable feel, you could easily say like Fassa Rock, right? Because rock, yeah, is little like, tangled horse, right? Um, yeah, but I but, but I I really like the shortening of it yes, too. It's easily yeah, which shortened. is very
1: cute, and I think that's. Probably for um, Chip, Chip because of Chip's yes. incredible poofy little forelock. Yes, absolutely. Yeah,
0: so that gives, so that's a couple a couple Elvish name options. Fassa or Fassarock and for Chip. And then Frankie could be Eldahend or Ninwahen, And then non-Elvish wise. Oh, maybe something about clouds for Chip. Cloudmane? Yeah, that's the first thing that comes to mind for me.
1: Yeah. I like that. Cloud mane for Chip. And for little Frankie. Little Frankie. Oh, okay. This this one might be like two warrior cats, but in one of the pictures that Bethany has sent us, he is both standing in the snow and he has little white up to the knee markings yeah, in front uh, and uh, higher right, in the back. That's
0: what I was talking about earlier.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, I, I missed that. I must have been thinking about horse names. What yeah. if we, what if uh the like warrior cat's name for him is like Snowstepper
0: or something? Oh, that's cute. I kind of just like Snowstep. Snowstep, yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. I think that's cute and elegant. Important names for important horses doing important work. Snowstep and Cloud Maine. Oh, they're good. Okay, Bethany, please tell them that they're doing a great job and we love them. We're so proud of them.
1: Maybe maybe little
0: kisses upon little, little faces. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for writing in. Do you want to read our other question?
1: Yeah. And then we also got an email lighting the beacon from Rosie. Hi, here's my first question. Since you're both musicians, I would love to hear your opinions on what instruments the members of the fellowship would play. Second, I want to express my love for your show. I convinced a friend to listen to the show along with me, and it gave me the final push into rereading the books for the first time in a few years. It's exactly the Lord of the Rings podcast I wanted and has brought me a lot of joy. Thanks for putting something so delightful into the world. Oh, I love to hear that. Wow. Thank you. I am so glad to hear that you were rereading it. We've talked about this a lot on the show, but like, I Mm -hmm. thought I loved the books for a long time and did like them, but like, it has been such a joy to reread them and find how much more is there than I remembered there being, you know?
0: Yeah. There's just like so much to appreciate. It's just so gratifying to hear that people are enjoying it and- Enjoy the podcast however you want to. But if you're ever like, oh man, I want to tweet at them, but I don't I don't wanna bug them, you can tweet at us.
1: This this um, podcast we, has been an important release valve so that we don't constantly bother everyone in our lives with right. the depths of our Lord of the Rings enthusiasm as we yes. work on
0: this project. We love to hear your reactions, your own Lord of the Rings thoughts, whatever, you know, whatever yeah. Lord of the Rings feelings you're you're having at the moment Absolutely. Um, okay so I notice from Rosie's picture it seems like they play the bassoon and we are both string players so I think we're a little we might be a little strings biased in our choices here but I'll try not to be
1: I mean Gimli, <laughs> we know that Gimli plays a woodwind instrument because of his masterful playing of the the horn of helm hammer hand
0: yeah or brass can you imagine the aperture needed <laughs> god yeah i can imagine gimli playing various horns but honestly i can also imagine gimli kind of like surprising people by like playing something like the bassoon very skillfully yeah like it feels like when like gimli gets lyrical talking about caves he brings that like same detail to music
1: There's also something really pleasurable here in imagining Gimli and Legolas playing very, very different instruments. And then, like, kind of having an, like, playing together and having, like, an exchange of different musical ideas. Like, I'm picturing, like, Mm -hmm. Legolas Mm -hmm. playing, like, when you think of instruments that elves would play, you think about, like, harps. Something, like, delicate that requires a lot of finesse. And I'm picturing, like, Gimli teaching Legolas how to play loud and rowdy, you know, like, rock music on the harp or something.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that. What do you think Otagorn plays?
1: Oh, that's difficult. This is so boring, but I want to say, like, the 12-string classical guitar.
0: I can, okay, I can absolutely see that, especially, like, the way he sings in that one part of the movie. Like, I can absolutely imagine him playing, like, the nylon string sound of a classical guitar mm-hmm. with, like, that soft singing. Yeah. But I can also imagine him playing either the English horn or the viola. (laughs) Honestly, I can see him playing any string. I feel like, here's the thing. I think Ottergorn has a lot of feelings. Yeah. And I think he would enjoy an instrument that can...
1: Express, be be very expressive.
0: That can be really like singing and melancholy.
1: Yeah. I mean, I also like the idea of this is maybe too granular, but like, he is a person who spends a lot of, who has spent a very good chunk of his life traveling rough. And so, you know, it's like genre bending, but like, mm. can you picture like Aragorn playing a fucking harmonica in front of the fire?
0: Yes. It being like the
1: only sound traveling for like miles around him in the nighttime.
0: Yeah. I mean, Aragorn is in a lot of ways a cowboy. The bisexual right? cowboy. Like- yeah. Yeah, and um, and yeah, I can absolutely see like a good good harmonica for him.
1: We have talked before about Arwen, Eowyn have a punk band mm-hmm. in which I think Arwin plays keys and sings and Eowyn plays bass.
0: Mm. Yeah, I like that. I also, I think Eowyn would be a great drummer. Yeah. I can imagine Eowyn playing a lot of instruments, I think, but... If we're talking about like a band in that sense, I think Aowen would be a cute drummer.
1: Yeah, I I also can see awen being like kind of a classically trained violinist and feeling constrained by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then both, an because, <laughs>
0: and then she gets an electric violin.
1: And then she gets an electric violin and does fucking kickety flips like that one, you know, the one annoying. Dubstep I, are you violin
0: talking about Sterling?
1: I sure. I listen, I know, I'm and I'm sorry, sorry to
0: anyone who loves Lindsey Sterling. I just have feelings. Just, I I'm just a violinist. Can't. I, I just can't, can't. hear it. It just sucks to be a violinist and then anytime someone hears that you play the violin, they're like, Oh, have you heard of Lindsey Sterling?
1: Bro, I mean same but any string instrument because I don't even play the violin, I play the right. cello, and I, people are like, Oh my god, you must love Hillary Hahn and I'm like, I mean I do, but like <laughs> It's not even the same, like I'm bitter from like years of receiving like guitar ornaments from you know, vaguely vaguely related family members and family friends and uh, stuff. Yeah. It's fine.
0: Mm-hmm. Um Okay.
1: I can absolutely see Mary and Pippin with any of the, the small threaded instruments, like with like ukes and mandolins. Honestly,
0: if like one of them played a mandolin and one of them played like a bazooki, it would be very cute. Oh, sure. I know lots of people are not familiar with bazookis, but there's one in my Irish band. So they're cool. They're originally Greek, but used in a lot of Irish music.
1: What would Gandalf play?
0: The piano.
1: <laughs> oh my god. I don't me- know. I can oh just... my god. Melodica Gandalf?
0: Oh, that's interesting. Oh
1: my god. That, that, I'm onto something there. Yeah. I also just had a flashback to being on tour like years ago and talking to, not talking to, like trying to take down the drum kit and being like forcibly talked at by a very annoying drunk man who told me repeatedly about how he could be in the band because he played the he played the melodica very well. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. What do you think about Boromir?
1: Bor- Boromir's the French horn.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay. he's both literally no. a horn Good. player. That's what I was going to say too, but...
1: Also, that that sound feels very Gondorian, and mm-hmm. I'm going to generalize. I feel like many of the horn players um, I played with in, like, youth orchestras were, you know, like, kind of the, the jock types.
0: Yeah, I feel like the French horn players I knew were not, but I don't know. Okay, and then we have Proto and Sam.
1: I don't think Sam plays- I don't- it's- it's hard to picture Sam playing an instrument for Oh, interesting.
0: I- I'm having an easier time imagining Sam playing an instrument than Frodo.
1: It's like Sam with his poetry. Like, he wants to create, but is also bashful about it, and would, like, play for Frodo privately.
0: Okay, wait a second. I have an idea. Yeah. What if Frodo plays something like the guitar, or uke, a good accompanying instrument and then he convinces sam to sing along
1: oh yeah that's really really good
0: right because like sam will like write little songs and stuff and like frodo will hear him humming them around the house but then if he thinks people are listening he stops singing mostly but then like frodo's like hey like i heard you humming this and i wrote this accompaniment for it will you sing with
1: me that is very good and it's also good to picture Frodo and Sam on their journey and like Frodo playing very quietly to himself in the light of the campfire and Sam kind of humming along as he like takes care of them
0: what I was gonna say before this is that honestly I see Sam playing guitar and I think it's partly that like, I don't think he does yet, but I can imagine him getting older and doing it. It's partly that I yeah. was thinking about Samuel from Friends at the Table, like the gardener, right? And like Sam being like older and like sitting in the garden and playing guitar and singing totally. and it being nice.
1: Yeah, I can see that. We talked briefly about Eowyn, but like who feels the most like they play your instrument.
0: I mean, I can I can definitely see Eowyn. Honestly, like we talked about fretted small fretted instruments for mary and pippin but i can also see them being like a fiddle and something duo
1: they'd be like fiddle fiddle and uke like when we play yes. fiddle and you yeah Celtic music. um yeah
0: something along those lines and you know like totally. being at the pub and you know playing like nice like fun dance music for people and it being good and i feel yeah. like pippin would be the violinist mm. i don't know I can see it going either way. That's interesting
1: because Billy Boyd is actually like the musician in real life and plays guitar.
0: Oh, okay. I think Faramir secretly plays the accordion.
1: (laughs) Uh, Do you think he asked Eowyn and Arwen to be in the band and they're like,
0: no. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they recognize that there's potential there and then have a really unique sound because they left the accordion player in.
1: I can kind of see Arwen playing the cello, but more than that, I can see, I can so clearly visualize Liv Tyler very badly pretending to play the cello, as happens with actors and instruments. Like, I can see it so clearly
0: in my mind's eye. Yeah, I do. I have to clarify something. I am not saying, I mean, I do think the accordion is a little bit funny, but I'm not saying like, haha, Faramir placed the accordion as like a joke because I love the accordion. I don't think it's like an obnoxious instrument. It can be, but I don't think it generally is. I just, I just want to clarify for the listeners that I am pro accordion here.
1: I think we've, we've covered it. Please tell us your, um, instrument headcanons. Yeah.
0: I have one quick question before we finish. Is there an instrument that you have never played that you wish you could?
1: Um, I mean, from a very practical standpoint, it would be very convenient to play piano Mm -hmm. better than I do, which is very, very poorly because it is helpful to me as a, like, player and writer to think more about chord structure like pianists do. But the, like, that's the very, like, workman-like, I think the real answer is, like, clarinet. Mm-hmm. Or oboe. That's what I was gonna say. (laughs) Oh my (laughs) god, we're disgusting. I mean- I know clarinet clarinet is so versatile, and I love the way it sounds, and I really love- Like, I feel like oboes are the cello of the woodwinds.
0: Mm -hmm. I do love the oboe. Clarinet is like what I wanted to learn if I had started band in school, but instead I started homeschooling, and then the school wouldn't let me be in band because they didn't want me to sow dissent among the other students. Um.
1: I I mean the other answer is violin because I love string instruments, but I do wish that cello had the sound of the cello but the portability of the violin. Like right, the, like when you were able to like take your violin right. for us to like go perform mm-hmm. at a con. Yeah. Like I would love to be able yeah. to do.
0: Yeah. That. And I mean I sometimes not. wish I played the cello because I love the violin, but sometimes you just want that depth of sound of the cello, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well
1: That's all that's all the vows. That's, vows all all kept.
0: That's all the vows. Um next week, we will next episode I mean, two weeks from now, we will the... Ooh, locking us into
1: a time to a time time frame. I mean, we we do. I mean, no one knows when. No one knows that this was recorded on Sunday, September twentieth.
0: Right. I mean, at four forty four. I mean, two weeks from when this episode is released, we will know, release another I'm episode. Of that episode oh will cover a good chunk of Book Four, the second half of the Two Towers.
1: Yes, we were thinking um, the beginning of Book Four through the end of chapter uh, 6, The Forbidden Pool
0: maybe chapter 7 we'll see and none of the movie because we've already covered the movie but we will go back and talk about some of the movie scenes with Frodo and Sam that we glossed over we'll figure out a way to talk about horses in that episode oh I'm sure we'll find a way somehow Yeah, we'll find a hey a a nay I'm sorry that was bad (laughs)
1: Podcast is over, pack it up. Time to go home. <coughs> Thank you for listening. The music you heard at the beginning was horse by horse, arranged and performed by us, Caitlin and Joey. You can listen to it again at soundcloud.com slash shadowfaxpod. The cover art was made by Annie Johnston Glick at Dancing Neroo on Twitter. I'm Caitlin. My pronouns are She They, and you can follow me on Twitter at Chalo and Behold. You can follow the show at Facts Pod, and email your horse-related L-O-T-R questions to shadowfaxpod at gmail.com. Again, that is shadowfax, Facts, F-A-C-T-S. Joining me on this journey there and back again is... Joey.
0: My pronouns are they, them, and you can follow me on Twitter at JoeyThePrince. If you want to read and watch along, check the episode description for the segment we'll cover next time.
1: This has been Shadow Facts. One horse to rule them all!